hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of WANK, the weekly AEW news kick. I'm your host, Tom, and we're all together again. Let's uh, pass it over to my good friend Patrick, though, as always first. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good. How are you? Really excited I'm... to see the uh, uh, Triangulo de la Muerte of the podcast scene again. Jesus Christ, that was cringy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I like it. Who do I get to be? Yeah, okay. Uh, you I are uh, uh, Alex Abrantes. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I think I'm Pack. I think I'm the loudest. I wouldn't yeah. try and keep that under wraps. No, you're Pack because I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're both British. That's the problem. Maybe then I'm Pack and you're the Spanish guys. <laughs> I think I think you're Penta because you hang around with an interpreter. So you. Yeah, might be. <laughs> You've always and got like someone to in masks. tow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, well, you're German, so it's part and parcel, isn't it? Wearing masks. <laughs> Uh, how long did it take us now to drift apart into a porn or something schemes here? BDSM stereotypes aside, uh, that is Patrick, and we are also joined uh, a bit odd because it's been a while since me and me and me and he have been on the same podcast together. But my brother Jack, hello Jack. Hello, I kind of I'll tell you what I've been so gassed this week to get on this. I'm, I've been it's it's felt like I've been away from ages. It's been. Almost a month, I think, um, since I was I think it's been longer time. than a month since you and me were on together. I know. And I feel like now, I mean, let's just call it a summer holiday. We all were doing, you know, being busy. But now I feel like if we can get a routine back Thursday nights, then the gang is back together and I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. I enjoyed the show um, and I'm buzzing to get talking about it. And just to be back with you beautiful humans. How's your week been? How's my week been? Um, I'll tell you what, it's felt really long. It's the heat. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Live right now. It's nice for a couple of days, but... Well, no, as well. I've, uh, at work, we've been doing... I'm moving into a new team. Um, but I'm in the same team, but moving to a new section of the yeah. um, of the the job. Um, the company, sorry. So we've been doing these boot camp sessions every afternoon from like 1 p.m. till like 5 p.m. And what it's been back to back. So it's basically just different topics each time so one of them <laughs> insert this is this perfect for a joke if someone wants to line one up today i had a session called how to say no <laughs> i'm not touching that one <laughs> you know, that's too hot <laughs> yeah, that's too hot but um, but no like each hour every hour it's been like a different session but anyway it's just with the heat it's it's too much to take in do you know what i mean it's like mm. uh, but anyway enough of that yeah it's been a long week but i've been looking forward to here this is like for me this is when the weekend starts you know what i mean the fun starts to the podcast i've only got a half day tomorrow and then yeah so well let's we start jack's weekend off right with some breaking news the breaking news is that uh AEW have, by all accounts, acquired a massive new signing. Um, do you guys know who it is? Both of you? I don't want to spoil it. Dodrop. Who? Do, like, there are so not, many. <laughs> is there so many? I I mean, I... Yeah. So many and potential many. Too like, many potentials. Yeah, I know that... Okay, yeah. so I might as well lead off with the one that is practically been confirmed by everyone, Sean Russap and um, all that. And... Uh, yeah, for his, his fight oh, for oh, No, that. no, before you go that one, because I feel like that one's bigger than this one, can we just acknowledge also breaking news that was literally probably about an hour ago, Thunder Rosa has officially signed with AEW. There you go. Thunder Rosa has officially signed with AEW. So that's that is not that that probably would be breaking news on its own 
anyway but bigger she's stuff. So, she's major but but uh poor thunder having her thunder stolen hey, hey, hey. having her thunder stolen <laughs> um unfortunately she has a thunder stolen because uh Arguably the greatest wrestler of all time has signed with AEW, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. Just head explosion moment for me. That um, yeah. I'm insane. just waiting for for uh, the final countdown music to hit one day oh. and everyone going nuts. When's it going to be though? Could it be at All Out? Could yeah, it be at the um, the stadium show in New York? Could it? Maybe. I, I want it. It's got to be at one of them two. I was thinking today. Um, could it be well there was another talk there was another rumour Liam put in the WhatsApp group uh, yeah. about um, do you want do you, did you want to I, mention it now C- or C- CM Punk yeah CM Punk so, rumours so, strong so, rumours strong so we all know we've been wrestling fans long enough we know that uh, CM Punk returning to wrestling rumours are pretty much uh, it, it's that time of year you know <laughs> the, the rumors are out in force again it happens every it's happened every time regularly. when chicago comes close yeah every time yeah every time anyone does a show in chicago oh cm punk's returning um this time it's a little bit more than rumors and we were just mentioning sean ross Sapp there sean ross Sapp has confirmed has corroborated uh the story from an insider um saying that they're someone very trusted and also corroborated that uh a couple of high-level people in WWE are also uh, very concerned that CM Punk is signing for AEW. Um, so this time it's a little bit more than rumours that CM Punk is potentially joining AEW. I mean, Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Bryan Danielson and CM Punk, that's a, that's a game-changer, isn't it? That's that's All bets are off, right? Honestly, it's just yeah. next level. It would be... If this hits, like then, then, then they are in direct competition with WWE. Then they cannot deny it anymore. Then they cannot say, no, no, we're just doing our thing. What they do, we don't. No, no. When you're beating Raw last week, I'm really curious to see. Maybe while we are recording, we get the numbers in or so. It's usually that time that that they're hitting in. So I'm I'm really curious to see what what happens then. Really, like WWE is getting in big, and there are more. There's I wouldn't say one more signing, but. Some more people showing up during the show we're we're talking about, which are not, which are a little minor, big, but still. I uh, oh kind of no, one thing. not one not of, minor, big. There was not... there was there was two. <laughs> one of those for me, I marked the fuck out. I like. Yep. I, yep. Yeah, I got great. Yep. I think me and Tom are probably the same one. We marked out. Yeah. At, um... The second one, I was like, that's a bit weird that he's there. But no, the first, the first <laughs> but it's one, it's quite big like, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 but yeah. The implications of the second one are quite quickly big, before yeah. we go into the show talking. I, I was watching a YouTube video, a little wrestling news show, when they were talking about the Malachi Black joining um, AEW. I know I missed the episode where he joined, but apparently, um, obviously, when he got released from WWE Selena Vega was crying for him and apparently he was laughing he was straight away he was like I know where I'm off to then <laughs> so yeah right but that's, yeah. that's why you've got to take AEW seriously and WWE is still you know hiding from the fact they're there because if you're a wrestler like if you you know get rid of your wrestler and the first thing they say is AEW it's not even a question. You have an alternative now. Like, now. That's the thing. You don't, need to be, you don't need to be afraid when you fight anymore from WWE. Honestly, at this point, it's WWE versus, as we'll get to talk about in less important shows, New Japan, AEW, AAA, and Impact now. It's four against one. This is yeah. and this like... Is, and this is, this is a good segue, And NWA Jack. as well. Sorry. Yeah, NWA. There. 
And this is a good segue into what I wanted to say as well, which is that how long can WWE do this isolationist thing? Because it works when they're on top of the mountain. Do you know what I mean? It works when WWE are on top because they can say, you know, it, it, because any deal they do, if they're on top and they've got the highest viewership, any deal WWE do with someone else will benefit the other party more than it will benefit them. But if we get to a point where AEW are doing consistently doing better numbers than than raw and smackdown um then then surely wwe can't just take this isolationist approach anymore and they if if aw are willing to work with them then they've got to say yes haven't they because because or, or njpw or other, anywhere other companies are willing to work with them surely they they're gonna they've got to say yes because they you, it, that isolationist approach only works when you're on top of the pile when you're on top of the mountain in terms of viewership and eyes on you and i just feel like that might not be the case anymore if, if it, well, with uh, Brian Danielson signing and if CM Punk signs, for sure. So we started off this week's Dynamite with, what did we start this week's Dynamite? I'm prepared as always uh we started off well it's fighter fest for one and we started it off with the sean the first uh, labor of jericho the sean spears chris jericho match so um first off i love sean spears coming up playing the uh, chair like a guitar there was um nwo vibes on that one mgf uh comes out and sits on commentary makes a joke about jericho being in labor because of his body <laughs> said that jericho's recently been in labor because look at his body Jericho picks up the chair to hit uh, hit Sean Spears with, but it's stopped by Aubrey. He uh, throws Spears into the railings. He grabs the camera and films the crowd, you know, that, that thing he does, and uh, MGF doesn't approve on commentary. Spears gets a chair from under the ring and catches Jericho with it. He goes for the springboard. I think he goes for the springboard dropkick, doesn't he? But uh, um, Spears catches him. Jericho takes him down with an enziguriti. Uh, enziguriti? Enziguri. He goes up top, but Spears catches him with the... I think it was a belly-to-belly suplex off the top. Uh, Spears traps Jericho's arm between the ring post and a chair shot. Um, he's tar- obviously targeting that arm because that's the that's Jericho's weak spot. Jericho catches Spears with... They called it a double sledge. I know it was a double axe handle, but what what the hey? Off the top rope. Uh, Jericho goes up for the whole the old classic 10 punches. He hits nine punches, but then an avalanche hurricane runner. Jericho gives Spears a series of chops, but gets hit with a south spine buster. Spears hits a chair shot across Chris's spine, but he doesn't get the second one as he gets caught in the walls of Jericho. Uh, the chairman taps out, but uh, Aubrey is distracted by Tully Blanchard at ringside. Uh, Guevara comes out to take out Tully Blanchard, and uh, Chris Jericho kicks out of the C4, which was a major moment in that match. Spears goes for the C4 with the chair, so he, he gets him up on his shoulders and puts the chair on top of Chris's body. But Jericho escapes, throws him into the chair that's propped uh, between the ropes at the turnbuckle, and hits the Judas effect for the victory. At this point, MGF gets on the mic, says that Chris Jericho needed help from Sammy the Simp, I quote-unquote, um, but... And because of that, he's not allowed any more run-ins in any of his further labours. So no one is allowed to come out and help Jericho in any of these future matches um, leading up to the match with MJF. And that next week, Jericho will face somebody, and then he's teasing it, somebody who's he's stabbed a man in the jugular, he's robbed a bank without a mask, and it's, you know, you hear the crowd getting, ooh, like the buzzing. Because like, when he said he stabbed a man in the jugular, I was like, it couldn't be, could it? It's got to be like, 
homicide not, or someone like that. And then, uh, and then when he said robbed a bank, I was like, oh my God. Um, and it's Nick fucking Gage. Although MJF says Nick freaking Gage because we can't say the F word, even though the crowd say it plenty of times. Um, yeah, I think Jack, Jack was alluding to being very excited about this, so I'll come to you. First off, Jack, contain yourself, control yourself, and first, please, just talk about the match before you talk about the aftermath. Um, the match, yeah, okay. Um, so the match, it was the first labour of Jericho. There's going to be five of them, so it was clearly never going to be a Sean Spears win, which I kind of... I so feel sorry for Sean Spears every time. He just gets constantly, like, you know, beaten put over it's but we said that about archer and i'm not giving anything away yeah no we yeah uh... (laughs) it's true true. but i just feel sorry for him and even with the chair he's the chairman and he still loses so i feel sorry for sean spears um in terms of the quality of match i thought it was okay i didn't think it was anything special definitely not going to be you know that memorable when it comes maybe a year's time won't be talking about it being a classic but it was okay it did the job i thought it was maybe the third best match of the night Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> third best match. So mid mid table. <laughs> yeah, but just pushing Europa League. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, it could have been the second best, it could, second or third. It, it was it was enjoyable because of the storyline implications. I think if yeah, but I enjoyed it. I, I feel like it came across really negative. Then I enjoyed the match. I think there was a better match on the card, but I enjoyed it. Um, for me, what made this match even more enjoyable was MJF on commentary. Absolutely incredible stuff. Um, I was watching it this morning whilst eating my breakfast and I was laughing out loud at some of the stuff he was saying. He's just... I love I love heel commentary because of how biased it is. And um, yeah, just a joy to behold. But yeah, the match was okay. Um, and can yeah. I now talk about what I want to talk about. Do I have permission? You may, you may. may. Oh my freaking God. That was insane. I'm going to be honest. I would have preferred. So it was very random, like, because I can't picture Jeff and Nick Gage being friends. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They're very different um, wrestlers. What I would say is I would have preferred this after maybe the exploding barbed wire death match or, you know, um, the Texas death match later. Um, I feel like, Obviously, he's the deathmatch specialist, so I get what yeah. MJF is trying to do here. But I thought it would have been maybe cool as a surprise. But it's going to be like a um, sort of what's his name? Um, oh, what's his name? Why can't I think of it right now? Um, in the uh, the Kingdom um, faction in New Japan with Will Ospreay, what's his name? Um, Jeff Cobb. Yep. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why yeah. I can think of it. But I I hope it's not just like Jeff Cobb who comes in for this one match. Um, and then doesn't appear again. I hope he has more regular kind of features with AEW um, because I think it's just so cool. It's just I mean, so cool. So they're working towards a Nick Gage, John Moxley match on GCW. So, I mean, are we going to have no interaction between them on AEW when they're appearing on the same shows? I'm thinking something could happen with Mox next week, um, you know, to protect Gage as this deathmatch. Because, like, are they going to have Chris Jericho just go over the deathmatch exactly. king just clean? Yeah. So I'm thinking there might be something with Mox and then MJF can be like, you weren't allowed any more run-ins because he mentioned the run-ins and Jericho could be like, oh, you know, that wasn't my yeah. run That wasn't one of my boys. That was That's their own thing. So, and then obviously promote the um the rivalry that they've got going on patrick uh 
what are your thoughts on this and and the match itself as well were there any any standout spots for you um and where do you think this could go so yeah just jumping your, your discussion here uh, very briefly is uh that's a good point like i first of all i really like that they are now putting up uh well that mjf is getting in other wrestlers because everyone thought like oh, okay now first it's sean spears then it's i know i mentioned i mentioned like i mentioned i mentioned sorry to cut you off i mentioned on the podcast i said do you not notice how he said five different wrestlers he didn't say the members of the or four or whatever he didn't mention he didn't say members of the pinnacle and i, yeah. I managed to pick up on that they didn't uh, say it yeah. so i i but, wasn't ex- yeah. i was expecting there to be some surprises okay good yeah but then you know but now you're brought up a really good point now who's then like the week after or so when they're doing this cross promotion right, thing, right. also a little bit maybe just just out of the box maybe naito or I was, Okada I was as a final challenge that. because he faced them in njpw they could come there so this especially it's, now it's with him bringing now. the pain maker back obviously that's a yeah. bit of a spoiler for later but yeah definitely mm-hmm. but also good point i i think that uh, john moxley will probably interrupt um his match so nick cage isn't losing clean to chris jericho um but I was also like not, yeah, not spoiler, already talking about the main event, but I was surprised that Nick Gage wasn't interfering there. Uh, I was having Yeah, I was waiting that. for it. I was waiting for it thinking he's yeah. in the building with Mox. Yeah. It's like, how, how are they keeping the hands off they, each other? And to be honest, they should have done that, but we can talk about that later. Um, the match was great, really. Like it, it was, it was uh, very well, uh, very well booked also. And like, yeah, the, the top rope hurricane runner from Chris Jericho, like w- w- where the hell did that come from? I was like, what? <laughs> 50 year old man. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Doing this shit. So yeah, the match was great. Also, like I said, the booking was very smart that he won against him using a chair without using a chair actively so yep. that that was just classic and good and uh yeah i like the the interruptions just... in between so it was it was really also dealing very good with the crowd reactions it was just a great match then i would have loved to be there as well in the arena it's just um classic isn't it it's classic uh just classic storytelling like you say to have the uh the downfall of the heel be the uh be the unfair advantage that they introduced you know what i mean the, the they they wanted the chair and it was the chair that undid him but he didn't technically use it you know so it's just um almost shakespearean i think it was good stuff um yeah yeah, yeah nothing to add really just uh all-round good match but i think uh as as has been pointed out the highlight will be the talking point will be what happened after it which just fucking insane although i'm still i don't think i'll ever get used to uh uh, them them saying freak nick freaking gauge instead of nick fucking gauge and uh you know mdk all day instead of mdk all fucking day but um yeah. yeah so just something to tell you guys just for for the listeners there is now a message like we also got that in wrestling group but i checked that ringside news confirms that aw uh, that cm punk is going to aw from insider infos they, they you're got- kidding yeah, that's yeah. They said it's it's not written, but the contract is a done deal. They just signed a contract next time, they are in the same room. It's what their sources say. So it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Because I remember every, every podcast I've listened to, like involving A and W, and they talk about Tony Khan's dream it's list when, it, when he first started. Sure. He said CM Punk was on that on that yeah. wish list at the race start. So it's always going to ah. Yeah. What was that, <laughs> that noise? Would be insane. <laughs> what was that noise that just came out of you? <laughs> That oh, would that's, be insane. Oh. And it's going to happen at All Out as well. And do you know the thing yeah, as well? They'll, they'll be able to get, they'll be able to get um, the Living Colour theme if they want it because that's, 
you know that's not wwe that's his personal yeah exactly WWE, WWE don't own that he's they yeah. can they and they can't they can they can get the rights to that um so god damn oh that's insane yeah. That's it's, just just imagine him against Brian Danielson at an AEW event. Just imagine and at an AJPW event. Jesus Christ, my my brain is exploding now. He's he's got to debut all out, hasn't he? All out, Chicago. definitely. He's got to be. Then he's this, definitely. This is what I mean. Why wouldn't you want to come to AEW or New Japan or Impact right now with these crossover? Yeah. Because you the know, music hits. Like, that roof's coming off. As soon as soon as you sign a contract with one of these promotions, you know you get to work with all of them. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Yes, you're on that roster, but you get to. Why wouldn't you? It's re- honestly, yeah. this this is great stuff. Great it's, time yeah, to be a I can't because you think about um, who the guys in WWE have been. Currently, it's Roman Reigns. Before that, it was Brock Lesnar. Before that, it was Daniel Bryan, and before that, it was CM Punk. Do you know what I mean? There's always been John Cena, who's like every time he comes back, he's kind of like yeah, the, the yeah. guy. Do you know what I mean? But. You know they were the they they were the faces. They they've been their top guys, and now they're going to AEW. It's like, oh man, just. Well, I know it's not happening, but even they were rumoured Brock Lesnar going to AEW. Like, I know, they're, they're, because they're... because he responds to money exactly. That, but then, yeah, but there's interest. I mean, yeah, I was about to say there's interest there, but yeah, because he responds to money. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, on to the next match. If we can contain our excitement about that punk news. So. Uh, next, well, was it a next match or was it next segment? I really have to get my shit together, don't I? Um, the next, uh, the next, well, it was a very quick segment. There's not really much to talk about. But get your next... shit, put it in a bag, and get it all together. <laughs> <laughs> the next segment, thank you, Patrick, uh, was Miro. And he, uh, the, the big takeaway from this, it was quite a short thing. He said that he'll fight at, uh, at homecoming but nobody can defeat him, so he's going to defend his title at homecoming and uh, keeps putting himself over as the, he'll forgive his opponents and he's the redeemer and he's undefeatable. And um, Patrick, uh, we'll just come to you quick and say, who do you think he's facing for the TNT title at homecoming? Give us some speculation. Very good question. Just thinking about it, I don't know who's, who's first or, or next in the list. So a certain one which I thought would be Oh no, he had him already. That was a boring match. Yeah, I just forgot about it almost because it was so boring. Lance Archer against him. I expected more from it. Yeah, Jack is Jack is pointing his finger at me. He well, not not for homecoming, but do you think they're building to maybe Kip versus Miro all out? Do you reckon because they're not really That'd in good. their feud, so that maybe it would be maybe. Kip comes back. But I think Kip is. I, I, but I read Kip is still injured. He's legit injured. Yeah. 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 yeah, is, yeah. He, yeah is he going to be injured till September though? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. probably. I don't know. But I'm just also thinking, like, uh, there's right now, like, storyline-wise, everyone is also who, who I would want to see, like, Christian or, or anyone else, like, is now bound into a story and just not really lose. I mean, well, yeah. There might be someone after the main event who is freshly without a title in a storyline. That, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. That would be pretty insane, although that would be a yeah. big match for, for Homecoming um, yeah. without giving too much away for later. Um there's also Eddie Kingston or, you know, there's a few people I think I could see having a good match with him, you know? The thing with the TNT title, there's not really many feuds that have happened with it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a world title where it's more a feud. TNT seems a bit more open and anyone can do it, so. Yeah. I think Cody set that standard when he was doing his uh, defending every week sort of thing, so. And who's to say it's someone from AEW? Exactly. Who's to say it's someone from AEW? I mean, I'd expect it to be with it being a homecoming thing, but you know, if they if they've got the uh, option, why not take it? You know, get those numbers. 
So next up, our next match was the Elite Hunter, Frankie Kazarian versus Doc Gallows. So, big deep breath. Uh, Frankie charges at Doc straight away and uh, goes to town on him. Gallows turns the tables with a big boot. Carl uh, Anderson on the outside cheap shots Frankie. And uh, Gallows dominates throughout the break, outside the ring and back into the ring. Still beating him up. Kazarian battles out, hits a backdrop and a springboard leg drop. He goes for the cross-face chi- cross chicken wing, but uh, Ga- Gallows backs him into the rope, and Anderson starts restraining him. At this point, uh, Doc hits his finisher, which name I've forgotten for the free. So it was very, it was longer than I made it sound, honestly. But um, a lot of it happened during the break, and a lot of it was just like um, typical Doc Gallows kind of rest holding and uh, and battling around around ringside area. Um, but what happened after the match, however, slimy Don Callis emerges with Omega in tow, says this is what happens when you mess with the elite. Kenny tells Kazarian that he's been a thorn in their side and kind of mocks him a bit, um, saying the elite hunter has become the elite hunted. Um, and Doc had to help him come up with the... Do, sorry, Doc, not Doc Gallows. Don Callis had to help him come up with that punchline, which was kind of funny. At this point, Hangman comes out um, because they're saying this is what's going to happen to Hangman. Hangman comes out and Don insults Cowboys. Um, Hangman gets Callis to hold his drink and then starts attacking the Elite, who obviously gained the upper hand because Hangman's outnumbered. But who comes out to equalise the situation? Of course, the Dark Order, leaving Hangman and the Dark Order to celebrate in the ring. Patrick, thoughts on the match, brief as it was, and the aftermath, please. It was fine. So I was expecting a little more, but the match was short, like only six minutes or so. I see six twenty-nine official match time, so quite. And short like I said, match. a lot of that was a lot of that was rest stuff during the break. Yeah, but yeah I was, I was really break. thinking. I was really thinking Frankie Xarian could win because I thought if he's going to have this elite hunter gimmick, yeah. he, he could be working yeah. his way through the elite. And who better to start with than one of the lower level members like Doc yeah, Gallows? That's true. You know what I mean. But on the other hand, you had them. They are now champions. They are wearing their belts, so just pinning. But tag team champions, so it's like yeah, yeah. To, to me, That's it's true. like to me, it's like if, if uh, to me, it's like if you pin a tag team guy in a singles contest, it's just it's just reinforcing the fact that they're a tag team guy. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't beat as if we were together because we're better together. You know, so it wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought it was. And he's the lesser of the two, really. I mean, he's the bigger guy, but he's the lesser star for me. Obviously, Carl Anderson was in the U.S. title match the other week, and I just yeah. I, I thought he could have done it, but I don't know. Where where they're going with this elite hunter gimmick if the first member of the elite he has one-on-one he loses you know yeah that's true that that's also a good point so just I, I'm, I'm just watching by the way i'm watching uh, dark elevation and uh, now i'm getting like there was the commercial for all out already and uh, now like when you're thinking about punk and, and brian danielson like in, in the back of your head because it was like uh, are you ready for the biggest stars ever in professional wrestling today uh, the biggest show, the biggest pay-per-view event of the year. Then I'm like, okay, okay. Sorry, I'm getting so excited, but <laughs> it's just, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but coming back to the match, it was fine. And yeah, what else to say about it? Also, the aftermath was just fine. It was just a standard brawl. Just run in brawl and that's it. Nothing really special. 
nothing uh, we didn't the see the other mic week. Mike went dead in between <laughs> just once, like pretty shortly. So, uh, Kenny Omega had to repeat it, which sounded a little weird, but it was just they, a technical but, difficulty. So, but they made the best of it. They made the he yeah, was sure. so good at thinking on his feet. Because did you notice that that he went to say the elite hunter has become the elite hunted, and then the mic yeah, cut, however. Yeah. But he did it so that, like, he was thinking, and then he went to Don, and Don whispered in his ear, and then he, and then he repeated, like, like he couldn't think of the punchline, and that, and it was just a comedy bit. So you, you'd be hard pushed to notice the technical difficulties because Kenny can think yeah, like yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? He can, he can think of something on the spot. It's brilliant. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's that's everything I really have to say about it. Um, yeah. Did they announce the match already after that? I think they announced the match already, right? Yeah, it, was, next it week, was on the card next week. The, the yeah, yeah that's, that's just great. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Like, really, really, really. It's really good. Just a really yeah. good constellation. Also that they're using from the Dark Order, uh, the, the the two tag teams. Just perfect. But then it's the question. That. Maybe that's a good transition back to you guys. If there are two tag teams in, in involved from the Dark Order, uh, which tag team will get the title shot? Will there be two title shots? Uh, I think it's going to be... I don't know why I think it is, but I think it's going to be Uno and uh, Grayson. Just I don't know. I'll pass it over to Jack. Jack, you, uh, you get your turn to talk. And remember to... Give us a little insight into the match if you can as well. Well, I'll do. I'll do match as well first. as answering Patrick's question. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go match first. Um, bit disappointed. Um, but I think it will get better. Um, you know, I lo- I'm loving the Frank Xarian gimmick, so I'm a bit disappointed. What does What know. does he do? What does he do from here though? After falling at the first hurdle? E- exactly. But um, oh, exactly, it's kind of buried already do you know what i mean it's, it's hard um i mean i trust AJ i, I don't i don't think i know but i don't think losing it just we're here to speculate on stuff i just don't think i don't think losing it would have hurt dot gallows in the slightest losing a singles match no especially if there'd been some sort of i don't know i don't know what interference there could be because frankie kazarian as the elite hunter is like a lone wolf kind of thing but um if there had been some sort of shenanigans that made it made him not look weak do you know what i mean like because obviously he needed the shenanigans to win it Anyway, because uh, Kyle Anderson stopped Frankie hitting the the crossway chicken wing, so I don't know. I just figured I just figured he could have afforded to lose this because he's not involved in any big kind of story at the moment. But it's kind of taken the wind out of Frankie Kazarian's sails a bit. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but you know, it was okay match. Definitely not match at night. Um, if I'm honest, Doc Gallows is quite slow, and I thought it slowed the pace of the match, and it couldn't really get going, um, which I think kind of made Frankie Kazarian not look as good. As he can be, I think, you know, but that's that's my criticism for it. But it was fine, um, but nothing special. Again, not memorable. Um, to answer Patrick's question, though, I think Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are the staple tag team in the um, in the in the faction Dark Order. I think they're the, they'll be the ones that get the shot. Um, I know, obviously, it could be you know Silver and Reynolds as well, but I just think in terms of tag team, um, you know. Grayson and Uno uh, a bit more established, a bit more experienced. Um, they've had more tag matches as a duo, um, and I just think that I I was listening to the podcast when I was in the gym earlier that you guys did last week, and you were talking about it. And I think to me it just seems like I, I didn't even think about who could it be when they said it last week. I immediately was like, oh, that's going to be Uno and Grayson. So it's nice that you guys did contemplate it, but yeah, I think it's Uno and Grayson. And again, to cast back to last week when you were talking. I, I can't predict it, you know, because on paper you'd think, oh, you know, Paige's going to get that shot. Like, they're going to win. But, you know, we were saying fall at another hurdle and it'd be perfect if it wasn't him that was the reason 
they fell at the second hurdle, do you know what I mean? Before he gets that third shot, which he then goes on and wins. It'd be nice if, you know, the first yeah. one, the first one he didn't take because he lost at Kenny in that eliminator tournament. That was his fault. Now he's regenerated, grown back as a human. Now he's got his team about him before he was on his own. Now he's got that team. He's like, I've got a family. Maybe they let him down. And he's like, actually, and then he, you know, he has a bit of a spaff with them, but then he realized, right. A you know, spaff? <laughs> <laughs> A spat, you mean, not a spaff. Doesn't that mean jizzing? Sp- Spaffing's what I did when Nick Cage get Nick, sorry, Nick, no, Nick Gage came out earlier. You know what? I'm going to pretend I meant to say that. Um, that has a bit of a fallout then with Dark Order, but then he, then he you know, because the first one he had to forgive himself, that second time he's going to have to forgive, you know, his mates, and then the third time he'll win it, something like that. Um, but I think KW are going to go for them winning next week, um, and they both get a shot, but I hope they don't really because I'm like you guys and I want it to be dragged out a bit longer. So assuming they go for this match at All Out, how would you book that on the same night as a CM Punk debut? Because you'd think CM Punk should debut at the end like um, like John Moxley did at um, like John Moxley did at Double or Nothing. But then surely also a CM Punk debut is just gonna steal the thunder of this match that has been the most anticipated singles match in AEW's history and why would they do that to themselves so it's a tricky one that surely so and maybe. also also who would he be coming out to confront if he came out at the end of all out who's to say would come out and uh, yet yeah, no to be fair you're right it would be at the end um or it should be at the end and the world title match always in the end so maybe it's not going to be all out it's tricky i hope they don't do another um you know like a Revolution, was it Revolution? Yeah, when Christian came out and they um, or was it Dublin Nothing? Which one was it? It was it was Revolution, wasn't it? Revolution. Yeah, and when they were like, oh, we got that special announcement, and then there's that all that build because I think yeah. then people are anticipating it, and then if it did, but I mean, happen- people 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 are in the know. They know who's coming now. Do you know what I mean? They didn't for Christian. It was a bit more low key, but they know that you know if this is confirmed it's going to be out there people know that punk's coming i think a lot of people going to all out will be expecting to see punk uh assuming they hold it off to there which they should because it's chicago so i don't know though i just i i feel like there's no real way of going about it except debuting at the end which is obviously going to steal a lot of the thunder of this big event they've been so it doing would be, but... it'd be nicer if it was someone else wasn't it in that main event and not hangman so it'd be nice if, if like i said he loses next week and then lose that shot and someone else exactly has it. but exactly could that be then if we're saying brian danielson you know um signing as well potentially could we then have maybe or is it too soon to have I'm trying. You try it's trying to book yeah, it in it because it, you don't want to book it the main event. you don't want it to book it too big that it overshadows that main event but you also don't want to book it i don't know it is tricky i don't envy um, him i don't envy him i'm trying bookers. to think of who else could fill that spot i mean you could you could with the cross promotion stuff you could be like please please can we borrow okada or jay white jay white jay white with, oh, uh, with what yeah. happened at slammiversary yeah. Have Jay, you know, everyone's Which thinking. We'll talk about in less important shows. <laughs> anyway, everyone's thinking Kenny's going to challenge for the um, never open weight. Why don't you just have him challenge for the never open weight, but have uh, Jay say, "Why is it just me putting a belt on the line? Yeah, why I'll not put the AEW title belt, on yeah. the line? Title versus title, all out main event. That's what I'd do. Have Kenny win it, and then you could have that other that the dream, the match we've been waiting for down the road, and and have CM Punk come out at the end of all out, and you know, you, yeah. it works. I think. Let us know what you think. 
on our socials. Uh, <laughs> and if you live in New Jersey, New York, or Pennsylvania... Or Chicago now, because of this. <laughs> all right, or Chicago. <laughs> Do you realise if we get it if we get it from Chicago, we can just we can just uh, pre-order it for them at the at the physical store, and they'll be like, Go pick it up yourself. You won't even have to pay. It postage. saves a lot of, of, of shipping costs. So. Fuck it, fuck it. And if time. you're in, if you're from New Jersey, New York, <laughs> Pennsylvania, or Chicago, <laughs> uh, specifically the city, not Illinois as a whole, it's going to get um, ruled out, and no one's going to claim it. We'll just say fuck it. If you're from America. <laughs> If you're an American fan, please, no. Uh, if you're from any of those aforementioned places, send us picture evidence that you're there or that you've been there recently, and we will send you the first ever Anthony Ogogo pro wrestling so t-shirt. I know. Where is Anthony Ogogo? I don't fucking know. It makes, it makes this bit all the more funnier, to be honest. Um, you can contact us at WANK Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at WANKWrestling at gmail.com. You can make a song out of it. Where's Antini Ogogo? Da, da, da. Okay, I'm not singing so good. I did miss that point, Jesus. <laughs> it sounded better in my head. No, it sounded beautiful out loud. We should make a little, um, our first bit of merch, which would be WNK's um, version of Where's Wally? Where's Antini Ogogo? <laughs> Just have a load of wrestlers on the shirt and then Antini Ogogo in the hat. And Next up, very little to talk about here, or there is one thing I want to talk about. It's Dash Gonzalez interviewing uh, Cage, Brian Cage, that is, as we have a couple of cages now. Um, we, we've got we've got two cages and a gauge, so it's uh, it's getting cage, a bit much. Cage, and, page, and gauge. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's Ethan and there's Adam as well on the page side, so it's getting it's getting a bit much, guys. Um, no. Uh, she uh, shows footage of Team Taz uh, to Brian Cage. She shows him footage of Team Taz announcing Ricky Stark's victory celebration next week. Now, I don't know if anyone um, else had this, but I was watching on Fight, the replay, and Cage said the celebration works out and then said, you know why? And then they cut out his answer. And then I went and watched it on uh, Watch Wrestling. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast, but I was paying for it on Fight, but obviously there was there was some weird cut. Um, and it was just him saying, I love celebrations. So it's really weird how that sentence got cut out on fight. I was expecting him to swear or something, but apparently it was just a glitch on, on uh, fight. Anyway, um, he said, yeah, that works out because I love celebrations. Weird thing to say. Um, maybe that's why they cut it. But uh, yeah, um, Jack, give us your thoughts on the Team Taz victory celebration next week. We've seen this before. We've seen this before. We know how this goes. We've seen this too many times. When someone wins a belt, there's a celebration. It never goes swiftly, does it? That's all I've got to say, really. Let's expect carnage next week. Especially with a man the size of Brian Cage, surely. Exactly. Very weird, though. They are committing to the face Brian Cage heel Team Taz, despite the fact that he was getting booed in the match where this went down. So I really thought people were more fans of Brian Cage after that... Um hangman match at double or nothing i thought people love that and i thought yeah people love brian cage but apparently i think people well, just got sick of stark's character about. is better yeah that's no, just the is, thing yeah. where people popping for that's the thing well he's also he's also just athletic and young and and people you know he just people like the future he looks don't like they? the young rock he, he, well he's, he's he's one of the future kind of projects i say of aw and he's gonna yeah. be so Speaking of future, perfect segue, future, speaking of future prospects of AEW, our next match was Wheelie Utah versus Darby Allen. So 
this is at the point where I noticed them casually showing Hikaleo in the crowd. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Especially during this match was when they decided to first show him. Hikaleo, for those who don't know, um, brother to Tamatonga, or ta well, brother to Tamatonga and Tangaloa, but one of them's adopted, I think. Maybe Tangaloa, I can't remember. Um, they're all brothers anyway. Son of King Haku. Tangaloa is, is yeah, he is adopted. Tamatonga yeah. is his real son. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a surprise. In his Bullet Club shirt and all, which uh, there are, there is some, there's so much news to talk about. We've got some uh, Bullet Club news to talk about in less important shows, but I digress. Uh, Yuta starts off concentrating the offense on Allen's uh, like, midsection, I guess you'd say, his ribs and his back throwing him onto the top rope and pulling his legs out from under him as he goes up to the top rope, he being Darby Allen, sending Darby crashing into the ring post back first. Uh, Utah locks in the octopus stretch, obviously still target targeting that midsection. Darby reaches the ropes with his teeth. Utah uh, hits a nice German, which he's kind of becoming known for. Darby hits a big old superplex off the top rope. Um, Orange Cassidy and Sting face off at ringside and trade uh, Orange Kicks, the uh, kind of half ass kicks that Orange Cassidy does. This distracts Darby Allen, who um, is <laughs> looking at Sting like, what are you doing? Uh, kind of um, humoring Orange Cassidy with these kicks. Uh, and Utah almost steals the win from him, but Darby hits the stunner and then the coffin drop for the win. Afterwards, uh, Blade of Butcher and Blade fame attacked Orange Cassidy with uh, the brass knuckles once more. Jack, thoughts? I thought this was a good match. Um, I thought it showed... Darby Allen seems like quite a good wrestler to kind of put over others, you know. Um, I think he he doesn't make the opposition look weak, does he? Because that's what, that's what makes Darby got a bit of a charm. So it's a good kind of book in in that sense because... They're really pushing this wheelie Utah. Um, you know, obviously, back-to-back -back weeks now, he's been on, well, what is what they call a pay-per-view card on a, you know, on telly. Um, and, yeah, the Sammy match was good last week, and this was also good. I thought, yeah, there's not too much to say. I like him where it's going, though. I mean, you know, he's, did it say, best friend's protege, which is quite cool. Um, yeah. So... It was weird to me how they just introduced him out of nowhere without any kind of formal introduction, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, um, but I think he's I, cool. I, re I really like him, and um, the, as far as short matches go, I think this was better than miles better than the Gallows Kazarian match. So, um, yeah, no, it was fun, and the face off between Sting and oh, Orange Cassidy—that was intense stuff. The intense stuff, yeah, <laughs> and the crowd playing into it—it's just really, it's just good. I, I like Sting playing into it though, because obviously normally it's OC doing it, and then everyone's like, "What's he playing?" Well, at? Sting it's started Sting. it. Sting yeah. was the one that did the the he laid the first touch, as it were. <laughs> I just, I'm just reading here actually because I, I I always have it whilst we're doing this. It's someone whoever's doing this little review of the show said Dave Meltzer should empty the star bank though, give that showdown between Cassidy and Sting 11 billion stars because it's ample <laughs> amounts of. All awesome <laughs> it was it was awesome and like i said i i half expected orange cassidy's kind of you know like when a cat hisses at you and when it's like being all kind of ballsy and then you hiss back and it just doesn't know what to do it just like <laughs> retreats as up well or when you bark at a dog or something yeah. like that that's barking at you i, I half expected because sting expected it to just uh, orange cassidy to just retreat into a corner confused he's <laughs> like that's my thing what are you doing <laughs> Um, Patrick, uh, thoughts on the match? And I mean, we didn't even talk about it with Jack because there's really not much to talk about. But uh, Blade attacking Orange Cassidy after the match. 
Yeah, right. There's not really much to talk about, except it was a quick, but good match. So, but I really like, I lost it completely when Sting and Orange Cassidy were doing their thing outside. That was hilarious. As, again, <laughs> that was just want to reiterate, just I find it hilarious that Sting started it. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that was really cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, just just cool. It was a nice nice thing in between. What wasn't so nice was the attack afterwards from the blade because that just bores me out. Oh, the that fuck, bore, but, that, uh, that angle yeah. bores me as well. Um, and just I, I just think they're, they're struggling with something to do with him without the butcher. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I I just I don't. I'm still not. I still don't buy in for the Hardy family office at all. I think it's a cringe name. I yeah, think that's also. Yeah. I think it's a cringe presentation. I'm hoping and, there's obviously yeah. a match next week with Private Party and Angelico. I'm hoping that they, because they kind of look cool together when Angelico with his cringy bucket hat, it kind of made him look kind of <laughs> pretty heel, you know, when all three of them yeah. came out together. I, I'm more, I have more faith in that, in those three than I do. Um, like, it seems like the Hardy family office, excluding Matt Hardy, is kind of split into two halves at the moment. You've got um, Angelico and Private Party coming out in their kind of, dapper gear and you know they, they seem like a cohesive unit and then you've just got well butcher's not even there at the moment you've got blade kind of languishing in not knowing what to do with him and then um god who's even the other member uh, jack evans where the fuck is jack evans is he injured as well like i don't know i was also curious about that why why he isn't there or i don't know yeah it's like you've got so you've got it just they just don't feel like the same faction at the moment it's it's very odd um, they could at least be addressing some of this stuff, I suppose. But yeah. like, but at the moment, Blade just doesn't feel like he's in a faction. The Bunny and the Blade, no. that is. Like, no, no, that's super uninteresting. Like the the the, the butcher makes so much of the team is like such an attraction and also he's a better wrestler to be honest, also than the Blade. Yep. Because he's more more interesting and his style is more versatile. But yeah. Yeah. Next up, we had. I keep saying that and keep not having it up. Wonder how many times drink every time I do that this evening. Next <laughs> up, we had a uh, a recap of Moxley and Archer's first Texas Death match. Um, Mox asks, asks, "What what do you do if something keeps coming back to your house for you? You know, night after night, you grab a shotgun and take care of business." Archer says he's been waiting a year and a half for this. Mox says he'll get Archer before he gets him. Archer says he's going to put him down for good. Mox says he'll beat Archer down in front of his friends and family because it's obviously a home field match for Archer. He'll beat him down in front of his friends and family and that one way or another, this is over for good. Um, not really much to talk about there purely because um, that that gets resolved tonight in the main event, so we won't talk about that. Uh... Next up, we had Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Nyla Rose for the women's title. Nyla takes Britt down with the shoulder straight away. They lock up again and Nyla attempts a throw, but Britt battles out and gets Nyla to the ground for submission. Nyla Rose stands up with Britt on her back and sends her into the turnbuckle. She hits a massive press followed by a senton. Rebel saves uh, Dr. Britt from the guillotine knee. Britt stretches the arm of Nyla using the ring post for assistance. Baker gets caught in a slam from Nyla, who follows up with two backbreakers and a fallaway slam. Nyla misses the cannonball, uh, giving Britt a chance to get to her feet, who hits the sling blade and a backslide pin, which looked like a three because, I don't know, there's a miscommunication there. It's either because of how slow Nyla Rose was to kick out of it, because we all know she can be a bit slow, or I think the ref, I think it might have been Paul Turner, 
Um, it looked like he counted the first pin when he didn't. Either way, the crowd went happy and booed it. Uh, Britt hit a DDT and goes for another pin, but Nyla kicked out of that one too. And at this point, the crowd are chanting, you fucked up, you fucked up about uh, about the the previous pinfall. Rebel gives Britt the glove to lock in her finisher, but Nyla attempts a choke slam. but Britt reverses into a roll-up for a two. Britt attempts the lock jaw, uh, but is not successful. Nyla hits a Death Valley driver and then gets her guillotine leg drop, or knee drop, sorry, um, onto the back of Britt's neck for a two count. Uh, swinging neck break, yeah. Britt hits a swinging neck breaker reversal out of a beast bomb attempt. Uh, she hits a couple of super kicks in the style of her partner, Bay Bay. Um, and Nyla chokeslams her, but can't keep her down for the three. Britt hits a crucifix bomb and then two curb stomps, and Nyla kicks out of those. Nyla knocks Britt out with the forearm, and they start, and Paul Turner starts doing the double count out. But they get to their feet, and uh, Britt and Nyla, I, I, the only way I could kind of sum this up was they trade Eddie Guerrero tactics. So Britt gets her title, throws it to Nyla, and throws herself down to the ground and acts like Nyla's knocked her out with the with the title. But then Nyla throws it back to Britt. And uh, th this I didn't really get because if Britt wins by disqualification it, or loses by disqualification, it's still, she keeps the title. So that part I didn't really get. But it was fun nonetheless. It was a nice little spot. Um but then Nyla hits the beast bomb and Britt kicks out of it. So big, big kick out. Um, then Britt reverses another beast bomb into the lockjaw and it is over. Nyla Rose submits. Patrick, thoughts on this match? I thought it was very good considering. Um, I think it was one of those where, you know, uh, Nyla Rose, she she's not the best. But sometimes the booking in these women's matches compensates for that. And that, that happened for me here, the choreographing of it. I don't know how you felt about it. Uh, the booking was was uh, meant to be good, but the execution was poor. Like this was one of the worst title matches I've seen all in AW, like yeah, in forever. Yeah, it was really bad. And this, sorry, but this goes down to Nyla Rose because she was so slow and the styles didn't match that really good. Like. Um, when Brit was sometimes a little too fast for her, also at some at some moves, and so like yeah, it didn't it didn't feel right. Also at some points, it didn't feel uh, legitimate that uh, this move works and this doesn't. So and then also comes on top. I just I just hate that move. I said it to 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 Hugh also. It, it's comparable to the move I hated back in like 2006, 7, 8 around the most, which was done mostly from or against Shawn Michaels was the catapult. I hated it back then and now the move i hate is like when nyla rose does her uh does her uh trademark move where uh, her opponent is hanging in the ropes and then she takes like two minutes to climb up the turnbuckle is that's just for me not working anymore and i really didn't like the match although like there were some nice things in it but in general it was really boring and the pacing was not um not balanced well between the two opponents and i think it's just nyla rose's fault or she's the one to blame a bit here because that's what i've seen like consecutively with her with her matches since forever like the only one who could do really something nice out of it was Sheeta, to be honest back then in her in their second match or so you could really see that Sheeta yeah, was she got really a good match pushing her. her yeah pushing her through but please just don't 
push Nala Rose anymore. Like, it's just not legitimate for me because there are so many other wrestlers in the female division which are way better and should get a shot and also um, bring women's wrestling a little bit forward. The tournament in the beginning was good of the year, but this match as a title match, which had kind of a build-up in it, was really a step back, really, like, not good. I enjoyed it just for, like I said, I think they managed to book around it for the most part. Like, I liked, you know, uh, Brick kicking out of the Beast Bomb, that false finish. I liked, you know, there were some positives for me. I will ask you, and I don't think I'll get an unbiased response from you based on that tirade, but who would you think, or who who did it seem to you was responsible for the uh, the pin botch? Um, would that be Nyla Rose, uh, Paul Turner, Britt Baker, or, or a combination of, of two or three of those? To be honest, I cannot really recall it. There was just a second where I didn't pay attention and then the crowd was chanting, you fucked up. I'm like, whoa, what happened there? Sorry. And you was also like, you also didn't get it. <laughs> and so I didn't rewatch yeah. it, but I, I really don't know who it was particular in this moment. I did go back and watch it. And to me, actually, as much as we like to criticize Nyla Rose's speed and her being late to kick out of something would be very on brand. It did kind of seem like Paul Turner to me, not getting the first hand down right. But I don't know, it it well, it, it could have been a combination of him and Rose. It didn't seem like Brits felt. I'll come to Jack. I'll uh, ask you that question. Uh, but first, can you give me your thoughts on the match, please? Yeah, I've got, I mean, I hate to say it, but I kind of got to agree with Patrick and his, his view. Um, I thought... We, everyone knows who's on this podcast I've got a vendetta against Nyla Rose and it's not even because I dislike her character or anything like that I just think she's as watching her matches just quite boring and um, very samey and it just doesn't do anything for me um, and obviously I love Brit but I think these two don't work and I think the women's division needs a massive shake up they were doing so well but what we don't need to see now is another Brit versus Nyla Rose Sheeda or Riho they you just use the same people and I want to see Brit have a have another feud. And what, what it seems so weird is they don't they don't even not have that many women's wrestlers. I mean they've got enough They've to... got Sakazaki on excursion right now who has history with Brit. Like I would I would, I'm I'm surprised she didn't come out after this or Yeah, but like... I've, I've what what annoys me is how they can't seem to fathom another storyline in the women's division that's not in the title picture. Like they did so well with Brit versus Funderosa. Oh, like, you know, they, they yeah. had two feuds going on there with Sheeda and her title. Um, I can't remember who she was defending with at the time. Um, but obviously they had Funderosa and Britt Baker and that was doing so well. It was like we actually had two women feuds. And at, <clears throat> and even the Big Swole versus Britt Baker was another one. It seems like now Britt's got the title. They don't seem to think they've got a wrestler who can have the same kind of star power in a non-title picture. And I think they need to, I think they need to, what they need to do is they need to have the Brit, Brit going, whoever's next in on her list. Um, I mean, who could it possibly be? Maybe, I, I, I mean, Yuka. Huh? Yuka, only, yeah. Yuka yeah. Sakazaki's only over there for a while. She's got history with Brit Baker. Yeah, again, why not? Again, the only problem is trying to make people keep, cheering Brett yeah I heard you say that someone as, yeah. someone as sunny as you because exactly but, but with that yeah. though it's like why not try different combinations like this is a really good time now where instead of instead of just focusing on one like feud with Brit just try a couple like and see how the fans take it if they don't take it you can scrap it like last week they had that 
it was a decent match, but pretty throwaway kind of match in Sakazaki versus Pele Ford. Use them sort of matches as kind of like tasters. Is this a feud we can, you know, back a bit more? Is it something like, you know, just try these different combinations because the only way you're going to move forward as a division is if you have more than one feud because otherwise, like, and I know an easy way to do it maybe be women's tag. We don't have enough women's wrestlers in this. I know when I'm looking at the promotions I'm watching quite regularly now, Impact, they've got the women's division, they've got the women's tag division, um, you know, NXT have got a women's division, they've got a women's tag division, obviously um, WWE again, they've all got tag divisions, I think that is what AW lacks a bit, but, you know... Do they what, have the depth in the women's wrestling? That's what I was about sure. to say, all these other promotions have about double the women's wrestlers, so you've got a kind of, you can't just have one feud though, because I think that really holds it back and you know, all these other women are just wasted on dark it's, and dark elevation. And Jake Cargill, where's she? I was be? just about—I was just about—I was literally just about to say that it's time constraints because I was just about to say when's the last time we've seen Jake Cargill? And I think this is where a second show is going to help out. And Rampage will, and I think, I think, especially right now, now we said it, have Baker and someone else in a feud, whilst Jake Cargill has another feud with someone and builds up, then wins. Do you know what I mean? And but keep if you want us to, you know be wanting to watch her stop booking squashes give us an actual you know give us actual deserved jay well, cargill wins do you know what i mean well here's a take i mean whether we're happy with her wrestling or not i think it's kind of i think it's kind of obvious that nyla rose is here to stay mm-hmm. so why not book uh have, have jade kind of mowing her way through the division up to a match with Nyla Rose, have a feud with Nyla Rose because it's powerhouse versus powerhouse then, and it's not going to automatically be a squash. Um, or it'd be cool if she just like, I <laughs> just thought of it now, like maybe not in this way, but just kind of each week, like if she, she wants to be the best, be like, right, these like, it's a sort of like Wheel of Fortune thing and just have all the women's wrestlers in the vision, just like, okay, this is... That would be hilarious if she had a Wheel that's, of Fortune wheel. No, no, that's what I mean. Just, she's, and then if she, and she ticks them all off and then last but not least, it's Brit and then she's like, ah, oh, now I finally get it or whatever. And then, I don't know, but I think do something exciting because like what's, I like I said, don't really rate Nyla Rose, but what's going to be sad now is she's going to be put right to the back of the line and there's only going to be on dark dark elevation that's, that's for the what next I mean. month or two, her, do you know what I mean? Her or size longer. can really her size can really kind of lend itself to a to a feud with Jade. I really think like I really think you could you know, let's just fantasy book for a second your wheel of fortune idea. Have like a have Jade spinning the wheel and it always lands on um lands on these kind of jobbers and that and like uh and then uh, and then it lands on Nyla Rose one time. She's like, well, it wasn't that wasn't supposed to happen. Like they yeah. fixing it or something. He's like, you know, yelling at Mark Sterling or something. Like, and then he's like, there's nothing I can do for you. Like, and then they have to go out and have this match. And Jay, Jay can Jay can ultimately win it, but or or she can win it with heel tactics, and then that starts like a a, a little mini feud with her. I just don't think they've got enough um, top, you know, top card kind of female wrestlers. They've got a lot of mid card. They've got a lot of kind of filler dynamite female wrestlers and a lot of you know good like dark dark elevation but i don't think they've got enough brit characters but i don't think that's they haven't got them i just think they haven't built them do you know what i mean they're very much you know give them they need have like a brit kind of no one was really into brit that much i mean i was but like you know and then she got (laughs) but then her promo game got strong maybe that's what we need we haven't got too many actual characters in the women's division do you know what i mean we've got a lot of good wrestlers but no one that really it's like a good, cuts a good promo. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I just hope it gets better. And hopefully the second show is, you know, the, the, um, 
The magic fix. The magic fix. Next up, we had um, a Santana Ortiz and FTR press conference. Dax reiterates FTR and Santana Ortiz's similarities, but says he has no respect for them, them being Santana Ortiz as men. He respects them as wrestlers, but not as men. Ortiz says FTR are just a pit stop on their way to the titles. At this point, Santana, he's had enough. He says enough of this, you know. He stands up and shows uh, FTR pictures of his mother and the apartment they grew up in, this kind of shithole apartment, and um, some papers about when she kind of sued the city or something like that. I can't remember. Um, I probably should have remembered that. <laughs> um, Dax uh, says that he only cares about God, his family, and professional wrestling, and then it all just kicks off. Uh, Patrick, give me give me the run, give me the skinny on what you thought of this one. Well, to be honest, I didn't think anything about about it really. It was yeah. just uh, the typical thing, like making it a little emotional and so. Like, of course, I, I like that. Bit. I thought it was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, it was. It was meant nice, but it was a little too cringy, to be honest. And then, of course, it ended in a brawl. And then I was like, yeah, okay. I really, to be honest, I really don't care about the uh, the uh, the promo here or, or the meeting or the press conference, whatever. I just really just want to have the match, really. <laughs> they could have done that also without yeah. that. Or just I a reminder it... that they have the match. That would be just fine. I think the reason why these promos and these, these build towards this match isn't really landing is because these guys have already been feuding in, indirectly in the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle feud, which has already come to a boiling point. So it's like you say, just have the match, because right now it doesn't feel like... It just feels a bit weird how like they're already, they're already hating each other on behalf of their friends, on behalf of Jericho, on behalf of MGF. They already hate each other on, uh, you know, f by proxy. Um, and now they're obviously inserting these kind of reasons for them to them to hate each other on a more personal level like Dax keeps trying to draw similarities between them and Santana's like oh, we're not the same and and it just feels as I know it just it just doesn't feel like it's it's adding any animosity to me it just feels like the match is ready to happen and they're just stalling because it has to happen at a pay-per-view you know yeah right that's a thing but it's not happening at a pay-per-view that's also the thing <laughs> where well, i was pretty well, surprised not, okay so not a pay-per-view but homecoming right it's happening or is or no next week oh no fight for the fallen yeah, 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 yeah. well it happened in a, a, a i don't know in a few weeks they didn't want to pull the trigger on it straight away anyway they had to they still had to uh delay it obviously so and it, that's what it feels like it feels like delaying so next up we had Tony uh, Schiavone interviewing Andrade El Idolo. Um, first thing that I marked out of was uh, Andrade saying Tranquilo, which is obviously the um, Los Ingobernables thing then adopted by, you know, Naito in, in LIJ. Um, he says he has a surprise uh, for everyone. Not going to lie, after him saying Tranquilo, I kind of thought it was going to be Naito. I was like, oh my God. Um, still exciting. It was Chavo Guerrero. I've I even wrote down shit. It's Chavo. Um, Chavo comes out and says it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Talks about you know all the talent backstage at AEW, um, but says obviously the most talented guy is Andrade, who he's obviously I don't know he's taken over from Vicky representing him because Vicky seems to kind of distance herself. He she wasn't out there with uh, with Andrade today. Um, Death Triangle interrupt and get a huge pop when the crowd realise that all three of them are together. 
Um, Pat gets on the mic and says he doesn't know uh, who Andrade thinks he is, but Death Triangle hides from no one. Andrade, you know, he talks a bit of Spanish and um, essentially it, it, it becomes clear through him and Chavo that Andrade is trying to poach the Lucha Brothers um, from Pac in some weird kind of Latino supremacy angle. <laughs> uh, kind of uncomfortable there because it's like, we don't want the white boy, but we'll take the... <laughs> you know, he, uh, um, Andrade tells them that they should be working for him, not Pac. Pac corrects him and says, the Lucha Brothers don't work for me. We're, you know, they don't work for me. We're a family. Uh, and Phoenix says, uh, you know, that they're not coming to Andrade and that the Lucha Brothers are the real face of Latinos in AEW. Um, and it just all comes to a head like that. So, uh, Jack, thoughts on this segment? Yeah, it was... Um, I'm you, I did like it. I think this can be a really cool feud. Um, I kind of like how it was just, you know sprung from like last week when Andrade was like yeah Death Triangle I want you like instead of trying like force I want you yeah but you know what I mean I just like Don't how he just he just pictured me, and he's like yep yeah, and I kind of just like that because I think a lot of time we're like how do we match these two together why do we have to find a way to put these two jigsaw pieces together why not just be like yeah come on in <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, you know, it, it's going to be a cool kind of feud. Um, I don't know how it's going to work, whether, you know, it's going to be El Idolo, Chavo, and um, there might be a third person come in. I don't know, because it's Death I don't Triangle. Think Chavo, but... I don't think Chavo's going to do any in-ring action, do you? I mean, no idea. Might do. Charlie Blanchard's oh. done in-ring. <laughs> Anything throw... possible. I usually come to any one of you on segments, but I'm going to throw this over to Patrick. Patrick, do you think that the Lucha Brothers will betray Pac eventually? Very good question. I was also thinking about that when they were standing behind Pac. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be also nice that, to that have that shield like, moment. Yeah, this also to have a, a to have a, a Latino stable just in there. That would be awesome. Like also uh, um, managed by the right. Just can we can we just acknowledge Chavo Guerrero is there? Jesus Christ! Yeah, big, big, I was big, like, big. wow, Chavo. That's the last one I expected because everyone Ooh, was talking Chavo. online about <laughs> about Nick Gage, but like Chavo Guerrero is also quite a big thing. Also for for backstage, and um, also talking about like, like white men or so. Remember that gimmick, uh, Charlie White or so, or no, Kerwin White. Oh yeah, yes. And Chavo <laughs> thought he was a white guy. Yes, <laughs> he was like that was, was so like, ra racism. Oh my he's god, he's wearing like golf golf outfits. And stuff. Yeah, right, right. And polo, no, no, no. Yeah, he was wearing polo shirts and then uh, 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 like a regular uh, thing on top. Like, oh, it's just uh, was so cringy. But yeah, the, this segment I liked a lot. Uh, the outcome is very interesting. As you asked before, will they betray them? Will there be a Latino stable. Um, I'm really curious to see how this will develop in the future. It's just, it's just really interesting. This one now, yeah. There's Santana and Ortiz there too. But the other question yeah. is, are, are are we kind of past uh, kind of ethnic based stables there in wrestling? Is is the other question, or or is there still room for that? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, that's the question. I, don't, I, don't, I'm not I sure mean, because like I said, there was a kind of this uncomfortable yeah. element to it where it was like we want the Latinos. Do you know what I mean? It was like yeah, sure, but as a heel stable, it might work because you also have Penta and and Phoenix who are barely talking English on on the 
TV. This would work then in some kind of way and can be also a good thing because they can speak Spanish and like from the crowd reactions, 50% of the people understood what they said, the other 50% well, didn't. And well, Spanish was, is Texas. such a big... Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a big thing, Spanish, in, in the US now. So they could make a good thing out of that, you know, that they're just speaking Spanish. For maybe. sure, but I mean, if you cut a promo in Texas in Spanish, yeah, maybe... 40, 50% of people will understand what you say, but I don't know if it's actually that high, but, you know, if you go cut a promo in, I don't know, Kentucky or something, it's not going to be the same, do you know what I mean? So it's not it's not something that would work, be able to work all over the United States or anything, or like Wisconsin or something, you know, it's not, it's... Uh, no, but just, in a heel way, I meant in a heel way more. Yeah, sure. That That's like, that's more what they can, what cut, they cut, can cut, do. Cut, cutting the promo, whether you understand them or not, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. It, it, that, this is also what Kenny did in, 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 in New Japan at some point, so... Yeah. Next up, we had... Well, next up, we had uh, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Uh, Cage says that he thought they were done with HFO after he beat Hardy. Um, and it was a very short thing, so we'll keep it very short. He challenges Angelico and Private Party to a match next week. Uh, I'll just ask Jack what your expectations for that match are. Um, I expect uh, Cage, um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to win. But I see a feud coming with Cage and Jungle Boy. And yeah, I know so do I. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel... It just doesn't feel... It feels Genuine. like it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it feels like I don't know. It's like a jealousy angle, but it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I like it. I don't know. But I, I don't dislike it if they like if it leads to a rivalry. But it just there feels like a little bit of tension there that you can't really explain between Cage and Jungle Boy. Well, it's like I think it's because Cage is coming in and being like the spokesperson for you know yeah this faction when it's like actually mate you're not part of this. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to describe it now. But no, anyway, I don't I don't dislike it. I'm just need to, it needs to go isn't in. It, a... Isn't it kind of like Hardy Family Office 2.0 except the guys don't go along with it like Private Party and, and yeah. Blade did, you know? Yeah. It just it feels like Matt Hardy it feels like Matt Hardy hanging out with Private Party 2.0 um except except while Private Party turned heel and and went along with Matt Hardy um Jungle Boy and maybe to a to a lesser extent Luchasaurus are going to say Well Luchasaurus no. seems to be digging Christian Cage like from a couple of yeah. the promos I've seen so it'll be interesting um I can't yeah, well, he, I really he, can't gra- he growled it. he growled during this promo while Jungle Boy just remained silent so Yeah But yeah no um everyone's um you know beating the Hardy family office right now so I don't doubt that that will be the same next week. Next up, uh, we had Alex Marvez talking to the factory um, in an even shorter uh, segment. QT essentially just said that uh, QT Marshall said that Tony Schiavone will get an apology next week for him dumping his uh, protein shake over him. Um, I would come to Patrick. Uh, well, I wouldn't come to anyone on this actually because it was so short. But I will just come back to Jack just to get an update on the uh, on the QT meter. Tell me where we were. I, I don't know, three or four? All right, he's gone down one. Or it has maybe gone down, hasn't it? He, what, yeah. he, it's like the feud's done now. Like Cody's moved on to someone else. Why are you still here? <laughs> I, 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 had a, I had a feeling this one, this, this segment yeah. would take ha, it down because he, this he was just soon. He needs to have a new thing. It seems like he's still... 
it seems like he's still not over Cody, but Cody's like, I'm done with that now. Like, you know what I mean? It's quite funny. But now Cody's on to his Cody's on to his new man. Was, exactly, uh... exactly. I think I think if he was a four, he's gone down to a two. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. He's at a two either way. We'll try and remember that one for next time. Next up, we had that uh, that rivalry with this this match. We're also excited about the Blade versus Orange Cassidy. So, uh, Cassidy ambushes Blade. That's how the match starts. He kind of uh, doesn't enter via the ramp and appears behind Blade in the ring. Um, there's there's a little bit of back and forth uh, until Blade fakes a knee injury and then uh, runs and kicks Orange Cassidy because he's completely fine and he was just faking it. Um, OC hits uh, Stun Dog Millionaire. Blade hits a nasty powerbomb on the top turnbuckle that listed a big reaction from the crowd. It was um, it's his finisher, actually. It's called... Uh, what's it called? Uh, someone someone, someone, get me on this. It's a something bomb. I've forgotten what it's called. Someone can check it, maybe, while I'm, while I'm talking. Anyway, it's uh, the Blade's finisher, I believe, this gut wrench powerbomb that he does. Um, Blade throws Orange Cassidy into the guardrail twice and then throws him into the ring post, uh, outside the ring, obviously. Um, Orange Cassidy fights back uh, and hits a big crossbody off the top and then uh, a DDT, swinging DDT. The bunny tries to interfere, but Chris Statlander stops her. Orange Cassidy dives at the blade from the inside to the outside of the ring, but uh, Blade uses Chris Statlander as a human shield, and so Orange Cassidy inadvertently crashes into her. Um, There's also a thing where Blade then crashes into the bunny, I think, uh, on the outside. Um, before it gets back in the ring and Orange Kiss, Orange Cassidy kicks out of a tombstone pile driver from the blade, uh, they trade finisher attempts once more uh, before Orange Cassidy hits the beach break, but Blade kicks out of it. He then hits an orange punch um, and that is all she wrote. And after the match, uh, Blade gets another orange punch from Orange Cassidy, this time uh, aided by his own brass knuckles. Patrick... Thoughts on this match? Poor, that was another match where I wasn't that happy with. Um, expected a little more. Um, it showed for me once more that the blade isn't. I don't know. He isn't the real deal, to be honest. He's not he, the he, guy and, I want and, to see. Him and Butcher got our uh, most improved though. Uh, from yeah, yeah, together, man. together. But as yeah. a singles wrestler. I just don't get him like don't yeah he's not the real deal as a singles wrestler as a tag team more but not as a singles wrestler and the um the finish I also didn't like the finish that uh, uh orange cassidy or after the finish had to punch punch him still like i felt like ah that was a little over the top you could have just let it be just let it slide away and that's it that was a little also too much for me for orange cassidy it never felt like he was out for revenge or anything um it didn't fit the character for me too well, so that's that's also a little let down that match for me. Fair enough, Jack. What were your thoughts on the match and of the? Uh, well, first off, what was your thoughts on that big uh, that big spot Orange Cassidy took on the uh, on the post because that was brutal. The uh, gut wrench power bomb off the yeah. top rope, but... and uh, then what? And then the match itself, <clears throat> and after the match with the uh, with the orange punch. Yeah, brutal, brutal stuff. Orange Cassidy does take some bad bumps. I can remember quite a few. I, I mean, I can't remember specifically what matches, but I, I mean, there was, I mean, that one, I guess, in um, the match before his double or nothing um, match against Kenny. Do you remember when it, it was, oh, it was against Pac, wasn't it? It was Pac against OC for, for 
he he got injured there, didn't he? Do you remember? But that uh, that wasn't exactly like a big brutal spot or anything. That was just um, that was just like a set up power bomb or something, wasn't it? So it wasn't like a planned brutal spot like this was, where actually he went down onto the top turnbuckle. I mean, yeah, true. To be fair, but I think I recall OC taking some bumps anyway, and this one was bad um, as well. But you know, fair play to him um, for doing that. In terms of the match itself, um, yeah. I... I enjoyed it, but it seemed a bit, again, just kind of forced together. It didn't seem natural. It didn't seem like there was anything kind of going on here. It just seemed like it was there. Do you know what I mean? Like, just to fill time. Definitely a time filler. Um, I don't know whether they're trying to... I don't know where they're going with these two. Um, you know, where where do they go now? Because Best, best friend seems a little bit fractured in a bad way at the moment with them kind of wheeling out wheeler if you will every kind of week um but it being a completely separate thing than what oc has had going on with with the blade i mean they haven't really been obviously chris got involved in this match but you know it just feels like it's been orange Cassidy's thing and him alone but, really. that, but that's the thing they could like okay if you i mean it might not be perfect but like there's if there's five in the best friend kind of faction now you know assuming I'm, that wheelie user is an official member now yeah, yeah exactly and there's probably you could i mean you could definitely get five out of the hardy family office if you've got um the bunny you know the blade if we're saying the butchers out hardy and then the private party why not you know have a whole feud going on between all of them do you know what i mean and make it kind of yeah. relevant instead of just kind of filling time with these because yeah we've not seen best friends as a tag team for a while i don't know what's happened there um, you know, Chris Dattan and the Fair Play has just come back and is building up a bit of um, bit of form, you know, coming into it. And this Wheeler Ute is obviously a new kid. But, um, but yeah, it just kind of seems a bit rushed. I, nothing's really going to come from it, I don't think. I, it's just... I think bit, it's over now. Yeah, it just seems a bit of a time for I don't know whether it was a bigger thing on Dark. Like I said, I do watch a bit of Dark here and there, but it doesn't didn't really seem like a big thing over there. I know... To be fair, I would say Hardy Family Office is a bigger deal over on Dark than obviously it is on Dynamite. Um, I'm surprised they're a big deal anywhere. No, exactly. Um, but no, this was... It was a good match. Um, enjoyed it, but a lot of forgettable stuff. Compared to last week's Fighter Fest, I think this was definitely the weaker of the two. However, the main event, which we obviously will come to, might have saved the whole freaking show. The whole freaking show. Uh, that's... Uh... A phrase that Patrick's a fan of, <laughs> as an RVD fan. Right, uh, next up, we had Marvez interviewing Chris Jericho. Um, Chris says he'll be the, uh, essentially reveals that he'll be the pain maker for his match against Nick Gage because he needs to be something violent. He needs to be something he can't possibly take Nick Gage on unless he kind of shifts his persona. Um, very quickly, come to you, Patrick. Are you excited to see the return of the pain maker or is it just cringy clown makeup? <laughs> no, I'm really ex really excited for that. That was really cool. Uh, yeah, this also leaves more uh, like like we said in the beginning, more space for for uh, speculation that uh, he might use that gimmick again or in anything else. More is possible. So I really like that it also fits, and I'm really curious to see if uh, yeah next week we'll see some uh, yeah light tubes <laughs> used in the match with Chris Jericho. <laughs> I think we have to see light tubes, and I yeah definitely. I, I can't recall ever seeing light tubes on a major on WCW or WWE or any kind of major network no, wrestling show before. I am I'm worried. That, I am worried. Not ECW. Really gonna, I am worried they're really going to tone it down. I mean, not not massively, but like 
obviously compared to GCW, you know, pay-per-views with Nick Gage I, involved. I don't think it's going to be that level. I don't think we're going to see, you know, a table set on fire and a man put through. I don't think we're going to see that sort of level of stuff. I mean, we could see flaming tables. We've seen flaming tables in WWE, although it was on pay-per-view. I remember seeing WrestleMania as Edge uh, McFurley, wasn't yeah. it? And pay-per-view and obviously ECW has one-night stand as well, yeah. Pay-per-view obviously has different rules than um, than than network television, but we'll see. There's definitely they're definitely not going to be doing like gusset plate boards and and shit like that. I've got to say, uh, whilst we're on um, bamboo 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 spears in the head, they're not going to be doing shit like that. But I do think they will introduce light tubes. And La- last week, minds. last we talk on a segment now, and I'm going to throw it to both of you. Best Nick Gage, um, you know, spot you've seen <laughs> almost violent. <laughs> Just to kind of um, get the listeners excited. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose it's 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 a recent one for me. I because probably because it's fresh in my mind. I have been watching GCW for a little while now, but um, the one that kind of st- and and gone back and watched old ones as well. Like his match with Effie at Two Cup stuff was awesome. Uh, all all out weekend, I think it was um, back in 2019. But to answer your question, I think uh, from our spring break this year when. Um, they had uh they they it was him versus Ricky Shane Page and they had like a structure above the ring, like a light tube structure. And I can't remember whether it was Nick threw him off or him threw Nick off, but so, someone went off this big kind of scaffolding over the ring, like covered in light tubes. And um but I think the more brutal thing was um like outside the ring they had like tables made up of light tube boxes like like square boxes of light like covered in light tubes like rectangle boxes taped with light tubes taped all around them and um nick gage went like over the ropes i don't know whether he went off the turnbuckle but he went he went from inside the ring to outside the ring and crashed through this kind of table made of light tubes and just you know the probably the most brutal thing about it was how he came down on the concrete because it was an outdoor event and his his elbow was just fucking split open i swear you could see bone it was horrible um but yeah um just, I mean, there's there's too many to list, but I don't know about you, Patrick. Where, where, um, how much of it you've seen? Yeah, I've seen like the the the, the match with you together. Um, there's also one, uh, but it, it it's not like uh, 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 really like um, because of the the match style. It was just more like the, the, it was uh, maybe a little botched. So there was a glass table outside the ring, and he flew outside uh, out of the ring through the glass table. But the glass table is not like a like a wood table, which which uh, keeps your fall, like, like holds your fall, or just you know gives a little buffer in between. No, he went through it, and then with his head on the concrete floor directly, I was like, oh yeah, Jesus Christ. But uh, just thinking about the dark side of the ring documentary, seeing that like his match against. Uh, uh, um, David, David, David Arquette. Arquette. Yeah, stabbed that was, him in the jugular. Yeah, that was quite brutal and sick because I wouldn't say he did it intentionally. He didn't want to make him <laughs> almost die intentionally, but he wanted to he, hurt him. This is what, yeah, what he said. He, he didn't want to go it. easy on him. Yeah, yeah right. And th- at this point, I was like, okay, that's a freaking insane person you're going in the ring with. So he's yeah, he's fucking like he's he's got he's got Matt Cardona coming up soon. And uh, I saw a thing where Matt Cardona said, I'd be lying if I wasn't scared. Like, he said, of course I'm scared going up against Nick Cage. Yeah. But I also <laughs> like when Nick Cardona came into the ring and uh, moved like John Moxley and everyone was like, ah, oh, there's Moxley. And then it was him. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, where, where were we anyway? We just talked, I've forgotten what we were talking about there. We just... Um, just finished the Jericho about, segment. Got off gushing about Nick Gage, didn't we? Right. Next up, it's the main event of the evening it's the uh, IWGP US title match between 
Lance Archer and John Moxley. So Moxley attacks Archer before his introduction is even finished and utilizes the kendo sticks immediately. Um, big, big hometown crowd pop for Lance Archer, by the way. In fact, they seemed more more on his side, um, despite the fact he's kind of this tweener and Moxley is, is a bona fide face. So cannonball from the apron by Archer to the outside. Mox tackles Archer into the crowd, so through the, uh, through the barricade, uh, into the crowd, and they fight up the stairs. Archer uses a fan as a weapon. He picks up, obviously a plant, but it's still fun. He picks up, he picks up, you ever just uh, get so piss- pissed off you 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 uh, hit one motherfucker with another motherfucker? That was the mood Archer was in. Um, picked up a guy and just throws him at uh, throws him at Moxley. Uh, Moxley goes to dive out of the ring at Archer, but eats a big forearm. Moxley hits a paradigm shift on the exposed concrete floor, and the ref starts ca- counting. I think it was Rick Knox started to count Archer out. Um, by the way, probably a good time to say there was no pinfall in this match. It was knockout or submission only, so. If you couldn't answer the count, that obviously would count as a knockout. Um, if you couldn't get in the ring, Archer gets up and he's busted open. Moxley has a fork and starts stabbing Archer repeatedly uh, to chance of you sick fuck, which uh, the crowd chanted again after John Moxley got up on the turnbuckle to face the crowd and licked Archer's blood off his hand. Um, Mox gets a what can only be described as lots of weapons out. Uh, so we're talking tables, trash cans, etc., etc. Um, he puts a chair on Archer's ankle and jumps off the rope onto said chair to in the old kind of ankle break move. Mox tries to hit him with the trash can lid, but Archer hits him with the big right through the trash can lid, sending it ricocheting into Mox's face. Mox, uh, I think, uh, he he's started stabbing him with a fork again at this point and then started biting his forehead. Um, Archer hits him with... I think it's called the Helicoaster or something like that. Um, uh, It's like a signature. uh, And uh, Archer hits him with a trash can and then tries to hit the blackout onto the edge of the chairs. We stack two chairs up. We're back-to-back, so the edge is sticking up. And he tries to hit the blackout onto it. But Mox escapes and hits a low blow to disapproval from the crowd, a chorus of boos, um, doing the old kind of uh, heel, sorry, face behaving heel to uh, set up the end of the match thing, like they did with uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania when he went in and was very popular against John Cena. But then obviously he had to, uh, this was WrestleMania 23, I think, they had to um, make him make him make the crowd turn on him a bit so he started behaving really heelish even though he was a face so that's kind of the vibe i got from mox in this match with all the kind of stabbing and biting and low blows um despite the fact it's a no disqualification match so uh mox hits the lariat oh no actually i missed a big spot here lance archer hit did hit the choke slam onto the chairs um so mox's spine right on those uh chair edges um seen this spot before haven't we but it's still nasty every time you see it Mox hits the lariat and a paradigm shift, uh, and the crowd, the uh, ref starts counting. But Mox, uh, sorry, Archer, uh, thunders to his feet at a four, so out of ten. So that was a big pop that got, because um, I think I think springing to your feet at four for a ten count is similar to kind of the kicking out at one after a finisher in a match with traditional pinfalls. That's the kind of energy I got from that. Um, Mox starts stabbing him with, with the fork for a third time and then gets out barbed wire boards 
and puts them on uh, the tables at ringside. Moxley goes to put uh, Archer through the barbed wire boards. I think he's trying to repeat his uh, paradigm shift through the tables, but with barbed wire that won him the match at Wrestle Kingdom, their first uh, Texas Death match. But Archer stabs him in re- uh, with the fork, so it's a communal fork now, as JR put it, um, and uh, choke slams him through the tables, through the barbed wire tables, John Moxley cannot answer the 10 count, and we have a new IWGP US champion. And after the match, a face-off between New Japan Pro Wrestling's Hikaleo, who we mentioned before, and Archer. They just stare each other down. Jack, what did you make of this match? This is my shit, man. This this is where I thrive when watching wrestling. I love gimmick matches and death matches and this didn't disappoint and i know i'm gonna be jumping all over the shot but i'm i'm glad it kind of changed title i, I don't it was know a about shock you, for me yeah i was like i was watching it expecting i love i love when wrestling shocks me and i was watching this expecting oh here we go archer getting buried again like and then i was That's like oh, I mean. no archer won it's, uh, it's beautiful because now like it finally seems like all that archer building up getting a title shot losing like He's a he's a champ, you know what I mean? Like he's got a title to his name. Like he he does he, I'm immediately overnight. He's a completely different wrestler to me. Do you know what I mean? He's, I mean, he's another big guy with a title, which we got plenty of right now. But nonetheless, awesome, awesome match. Um, you know, really violent, which I enjoyed. Um, you know, not too violent because obviously Telly. But still, they pushed the boundaries. I mean, he's stabbing him in the head with a fork. Stabbing in the head with a fork. And um, the table spot with the barbed wire. Like, they, I get what you mean, though. It can get more violent. Anyone who's watched GCW or um, Big Japan... That's or just a like barb. Knows, ...knows that it can get more violent. But, that's that's um, the level we set. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, this was, this was awesome. It was physical, violent, and, you know, it actually delivered on the gimmick do you know what i mean like it it was a death match so yeah that, that's good because sometimes you know they loosely fit in with that um but no this was it's nice it's just nice to have a champ win it as well in his hometown like it felt bigger do you know what i mean as well i mean i hope they didn't just do it because of that um but no, no it's, it's good stuff yeah yeah and i mean i this this is what I mean. I've been saying on this episode, you know, not memorable, not memorable. You will remember this match, I think. Um, well, here's the thing as well, is it really does bode well for future partnerships with New Japan because Moxley was, is, uh, to my knowledge, um, kind of recognised as a member of the AEW roster and the New Japan roster. And to my knowledge, Lance Archer, even though obviously he has previously been um, on the New Japan roster because he came from New Japan to AEW. Um, I, I don't think he's currently uh, on any sort of contract with New Japan. I don't think he's on New Japan's roster officially. So if anything, this is a step away. I was going to say, because you've been saying the last couple of podcasts, yeah. haven't you? It's a step away from safety, like where I thought, uh, you know, on a hold my hands up, I thought that uh, the Good Brothers might be off for a spell in Japan and that it, it would be it would be safer for them to put it on Carl Anderson because Carl Anderson can then bring it back to Japan, defend it in Japan if the Good Brothers have a spell in Japan. Um, I don't think Lance Archer's Japan-bound anytime soon, although you might prove me wrong in that. So, um, you know, it, it just for me, it bodes well putting on someone who's firmly AEW, even though he has been New Japan in the past. Um, it bodes well for more interaction and NGPW sending more guys to the States, you know? 
Exactly. And, you know, it's nice as well. I mean, not not to be too cliche, but obviously it's the United States belt. So it's nice to kind of see it in the United States. I know, obviously, it's a New Japan belt, but... Of course, yeah. It's, um, it's it, yeah, it, it makes sense. It doesn't necessarily have to be on people from the States because obviously the first champion was Canadian. There was, there was, actually, there was actually a period where um, the first... I can't remember. It was like two or three champions or something. They like it, I think Juice Robinson was the first American champion, but it had been on like two or three guys before then. It had been on Kenny Omega. It had been on Jay White. I, I don't know if there was a third guy. There might have been. I can't remember. But um, it, it was essentially kind of like the white guy championship, not the uh, not the US title. It was the Gaijin Championship really, because um, like no American had held it, and it was it had just been on just been round the waist of um, like I said, a Canadian and a, and a Kiwi, and it was it was funny to me that it was the uh, it was a US title, but an American hadn't held it. But um, yeah, I think it was that it does have a big kind of focus of being defended in the US because it was obviously won initially at the G One Special in in the states. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I agree with what you said. It's nice to see it defend in the US, and that is the one title where it doesn't need to be defended in Japan all the time. It can be defended in the US a lot. Patrick, what are your thoughts on this match? And well, and we didn't didn't talk about with Jack, but the aftermath with uh, Hikaleo. Yeah, when they said Hikaleo, I was just like for a second, what? Goleo is back? Do you guys know Goleo, the really shitty mascot from the World Cup in Germany, two thousand six? <laughs> No, I think I knew it was it was a huge it was a huge lion walking around with a ball in his hand who could talk. So it was an animatronic that was walking around. I was like for a second, I was like, no, I I just I just heard something wrong. No, but that that's that's quite a nice fact that he is directly challenging him and um, has has a bullet club on like bullet club shirt on in yeah, ring. Especially that's, given what we saw at Slamversary, which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's very interesting. Um yeah, it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's like there's so many opportunities, things happening. It just really makes sense to tune in every week now. So that's great. And yeah, I can just just really uh repeat what Jack said. That's that that was my jam the match. It was great. And also for a TV match it was pretty brutal, like stabbing with a fork and Well I was uh, just about to say what what spot stood out for you in particular that you enjoyed most about the match. And did the yeah, match did the result surprise you as well? Yeah, the result surprised me completely. I didn't uh, expect that at all. Like I said, in the beginning, I was also expecting that Nick Gage was coming and interfering. Uh, would have made sense. Then I, then I think now, like from, from a retrospective, I'll say, yeah, it would make it more cool. But let's see what happens next week. If Moxley really interferes the match with, uh, with Jericho and Gage, then I'm like, okay, they should have pulled the trigger earlier on... on uh, Gage interfering the Moxley match, so also people who are not familiar with what's happening at GCW or on the Indies know a little more what's happening and are expecting this maybe. But yeah, except from this little thing I'm, I'm complaining about, it was just a great match. The spot that stood out for me the most, I can tell now, is uh, the uh, the chairs uh, standing with the, with their backs next to each other and <laughs> Moxley getting really choke slammed on it and is really landing on it. Hugh and me were watching us always together. We both screamed out. We're like, ah, Jesus! So that was uh, it. Just heard it from 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 seeing, and yeah, the the, um, the fork thing was a nice. Uh, 
like like a, like a storytelling thing going through it because he just brought it with him in in his in one of his zipper pa uh, parts of his pants and just always took it out again <laughs> to have it and the finish was just also great like this was also a legitimate thing where i'm like okay this is where boxley is done for good because um Yeah, we yeah. see. We saw, we saw this also in the exploding barbed wire death match that the, these things are just like everyone. And the thing was also when you had a close up of of Moxley laying in the barbed wire, you could really see how the barbed wire was in his skin and like his skin extending at some points. I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, yeah. mostly agree with you. I do have to disagree with one point, and that's that I don't think that Gage should have got involved in this match. I mean, I can see how. Um, It, it feels like he should have because they were both on the same show and they've got this heat, heat rivalry. But at this point, I think it would compl complicate too many other rivalries because I think they've got... He's got his thing with Jericho they need to focus on next week. So if he starts getting in it with Moxley now, it kind of... It kind of feels like that's overshadowing his match with Jericho next week. I do think Moxley will probably get involved with that match. Um, like I said, to protect Nick Gage in a death match and um, to further their feud. But um, I, I don't think it, they should have interacted before the end of that match. I think the focus should be on Gage versus Jericho next week. And additionally, um, on Gage versus Cardona at, uh, at, at GCW Homecoming um, on, on the GCW side of things. So I do think that him and Moxie getting into it at the end of this would have um, complicated things a little bit. I do think we'll have to wait another week to, to see him... Because, you know, not everyone there is kind of aware of it either. And it's like, it's to throw that into the mix before he's actually even had the Jericho match. I just, I don't think would have been the wisest thing and would have kind of t also would have telegraphed Mox's involvement in the match next week if, if Gage had got involved this week. So um, I, I don't necessarily think he, he should have, but I can understand how someone, you know, them being on the same show, logically, when when you know, when we're in, you know, kayfabe mind, he, it does, it would have made sense for him to in, 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 interfere. But I, I'm, I'm kind of glad he didn't because i think it would have muddled things unnecessarily yeah right just uh, that you mentioned it was a very good point so uh, when i was just thinking because uh, nick h wasn't uh, attacking uh, john moxley john moxley was attacking or interrupting him so it would make like in gcw and it would make sense that um john moxley is interrupting then also his match against jericho kind of more yeah and the foreshadowing would be too big like i mean we are all expecting it now <laughs> that this happens so Let's just see what happens next week, then. I'm really looking forward to it. Speaking of next week, who's got the card? Well, actually, while uh, one of you... Got it open. Card. Oh, you have? Oh, fantastic. I have it open, yes. First first off, though, we've got to uh, give out our uh, awards. So, I... Uh, um, so, uh, well, first off, match of the night. Um, Jack, what was your match of the night? Is that even a question? Um, obviously, it is... The amazing match that was... I wanted to make a joke there. I can't be asked. <laughs> I, was scrolling, I was scrolling up the card to see what matches because I completely forgot what was on this week. Um, I, um, I unironically actually quite like the women's match. So <laughs> I might just vote for that just for shits and gigs because I know it's not going to make a, a lick of difference with what you two are voting for. Well, I mean, yeah, Texas death match. That's mine. Uh, Patrick? Same here. I might as well vote for it with you then. Why not? <laughs> um, you notice the, the 
there, there it's often our match of the night is the main event, and that's how it should be. Do you know what I mean? You should save the best till last, which um, other companies don't always get right, but AEW always, nine times out of ten, seems to. The one time out of ten that they don't seem to is when Serena Deeb's on the card and stealing the show. <laughs> so that, that seems to be... Uh, we often seem to award her matches match of the night in lieu of the main event, but... Yeah, no, uh, congratulations to John Moxley and Lance Archer for winning the prestigious award of WNK match of the match of the night, which obviously overshadows Lance Archer's other achievement in getting the US IWGP uh, title, which is small potatoes compared to our award, obviously. Uh, Patrick, what would you say your heel moment of the week has been? Just scrolling through the show quickly, but... Um... There was no real heel moment for me this week. There was nothing that stood out particularly. I would just then just say that MJF comes out and and announces that Nick Gage is his like second uh, labor of Jericho. Well, MJF's entire commentary was good heel. Yeah, his content. whole commentary. Yeah, would that that would be also that I would say. Yeah, uh, it's like what was there. Also with labor, labor in labor, Jericho said yeah, labor, he and said, then he said like, yeah. He said Jericho, he said not to be confused with Jericho being in labor, but because I he looks see how like people, it. he looks like it. I see how people get confused <laughs> because he looks like he's yeah. been in labor with that buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. That was so good. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I would, I would say, yeah, MJF's then like his whole uh, presentation this week, how he was there. Yeah. God damn it. On to my shocker slash screamer of the week. I can never decide a proper name for it as the uh, the worst moment of the week. Um, again, AEW have reached this kind of echelon where nothing's really bad anymore. Like since they've been back on the road, it's back. It's back, baby. Um, so it always feels kind of unfair for me to um, give out a shocker of the week award. Although I will probably have to give it to that uh, that obviously I, I have to side with the crowd the crowd in the crowd in the arena have made up their minds for me which was uh, which they chanted you fucked up so um, I have to I have to concur and say whether it was Nyla Rose or whether it was Paul Turner um, somebody fucked up in the pin in the women's title match and that gets my shocker of the week. <laughs> Well, uh, who's gonna who's gonna read out next week's next week's card? It's a it's a biggie. Yeah, I can do that. It's right in front of me. So let's just start with the small or minor things. Is that Tony Khan will announce a big live event coming up? What would that be? Be I think <laughs> it was well, the way they the way they put it. It sounded like it's going to be a new pay per view on you know in the in the same vein of um, Revolution All Out. Um, all Maybe. out, double or nothing, and full gear. But that kind of feels weird having five because four, it felt like, it felt like, do you know what I mean? It's like one a season kind of thing. But if they had five, it'd be like, oh, I don't know what to make of this. But yeah, carry on. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Could it be with um, Impact Bound for Glory? The stupid. That's oh, what sorry. I was thinking oh, of. This, this, Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Sorry. In uh, I just remembered that they they teased a kind of super show, didn't they? During uh, yeah. during. During End Slam anniversary, where they yeah. they showed the AEW New Japan and AAA logos as well as Impact's logo, so yeah, yeah, that's also what I'm thinking. So in our G wrestling GCW group chat, they were getting on that as well. Yeah, right. So and in in the wrestling group chat, it was also rumored first this morning it might be a UK show or a Europe show, but I'm I'm really not thinking this will happen right now. Well, well Jack, Jack might not... have an insider insider knowledge on that. Jack might know something about Kenny's movements and and their other champion Britt Baker's movements uh, oh, and Jungle yeah. Boy's movements in uh, in November. Is it Jack? Yeah, I think it's November. 
Yeah, no, to be fair, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so Omega, 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 Brit, and Jungle Boy are appearing at Wales Comic Con, which, funnily enough, this year <laughs> is not taking place in Wales. It's taking place in Telford <laughs> across the border in England. Um, but Kenny and that will be in England in November. So, yeah, you heard that, it here that's, first, that's a good point. But I, I, I just from my point, I don't think they will risk it right now with the pandemic still, still being there that... Uh, something can can happen to it and that this will mess up their schedule because they were planning also during uh, the lockdowns and everything where they were in Jacksonville they were always planning that um yeah that that their bigger champions or bigger guys cannot be infected or so they try but, to avoid it as much as possible also but I'll point out though wouldn't that wouldn't that be a risk to send cuz I mean assuming I mean I'm assuming Kenny will be champion he may very well not be champion by then cuz all outs in September but he will still be a big star in AEW, I'm assuming. And I'm assuming that Britt Baker still will be champion in November because she's only recently acquired it. So wouldn't it be a very big risk to send send those two specifically, and Jungle Boy, but um, Kenny and Britt, to the UK to do a Comic-Con um, when they, they themselves weren't doing anything over there? And then, you know, to, to bring them back, it just, I don't know, it feels... Because won't they then have to quarantine when they go back and... You know, it yeah. just, um, maybe maybe that's planned in their storyline already, uh, going going this far because yeah, like good. I said, when it's just three people and you can test them and they have really good test facilities with blood tests and everything, maybe they're just like yeah, maybe oh oh, and I forgot Sting's there. Sting, Sting's there as well. Oh, Sting as well, Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> and Brett and Bret Hart, which is big but not AEW yeah. related. Well, kind of yeah. AEW related because he's appeared for, on AEW television before. Yeah, right, right. He presented the title. But yeah, anyway, coming back now to the to the title, uh, to the title, <laughs> to the to the match card because I'm reading the next thing is title match. Uh, then we have another IWGP US Heavyweight title match, and that's uh, Lance Archer versus Hikulia. We just talked about it. Um, we have Christian Cage and Jurassic Express, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, then against Private Party and Angelico. Uh, then we have a match I'm really waiting for: FTR versus Proud and Powerful. Santana and Ortiz um, and then we have the elimination tag match the, or yeah the, the 10 man or 5 on 5 elimination tag match the elite versus Hangman Page and the Dark Order Dark Order consisting of the tag teams of Evil Uno Stu Grayson and John Silva and Alex Reynolds and then uh, I don't know probably yeah, this was the main event I guess but for me the biggest match definitely on the night is then um here on the website they say no rules match, but I can remember it is a no disqualification match, which in the end is the same. But <laughs> it's Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage then in the uh, second uh, uh, labor of Jericho. Which match are you looking forward to the most? I think this one. I I, I cannot really. Yeah, this card is really strong. Yeah. I cannot really decide that Jericho versus Nick Gage is definitely one where I'm like, oh Jesus, and uh, but also the. Uh, elimination tech match is that's quite big i hope they're giving this a lot of time because they can build up a lot with it and i'm really curious to see the outcome of it and the other matches are also very interesting and, yeah um, you said ftr yeah. santana on yeah that's also gun, yeah gun, that's gun to, great gun to, gun to your head if you had to pick one jericho was gage what about you jack Again, really close, but I'm going to go Jericho and Nick Gage purely because the Forbidden Door is open and it's beautiful I'm, to see. I'm going to go Jericho and Nick Gage because it's clean fucking Gage. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a clean sweep. I'm so, such a, I don't think they know what they've got on their hands here and like the, 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 just 
if, if, if anyone's ever seen Nick Gage's entrances in GCW, you know how fucking beloved this man is. Like, I, there is, um, there's, there's a very few select people throughout history where I've seen kind of elicit the same reaction from a crowd that Nick Gage does. Um, like Stone Cold Steve Austin in WWF, um, Jimmy Havoc, if we're allowed to still say his name, um, back in progress, um, uh, Grado in ICW. Uh, that's the kind of that's that's what we're working with with Nick Gage. But I think Nick Gage is more authentic than any of them. He's um, he's because it's like Mox. Maybe maybe also sorry. Maybe also Sandman from ECW, like from Sandman, from his, Sandman in yeah. ECW. Yep, that sort of thing. And I think and Mox said that Nick Gage, what you see in the ring, that's that's him do you know what i mean that's that he's he's always on um i can't remember where i told the gummy bear story on uh on the, on the podcast before or not but it was that uh so i'll shorten it it was just that nick nick gage got uh i think i don't know if it was mox where it was someone else was telling a story about when they went to a buffet with nick gage and he got ice cream with gummy bears on from a self-service thing and he got so fucking excited about it he was like where else in the fucking world can you get ice cream with fucking gummy bears on and he was just so fucking jazzed and screaming <laughs> about it in the middle of this place and just taking big mouthfuls of ice cream with gummy bears like he's always he's always just intense he's always on so like and and i think that that comes through to crowds and people just fucking love him when he comes out so his music he just gets absolutely mobbed um it's interesting that they didn't fork out for his licensed music though um they they had a they had a generic music for him so i'm not sure i'm not sure they're planning on keeping around long term because of that but um, yeah also don't think so but yeah also the video you sent uh, uh, about uh, the guys reading out the best tweets from Nick Cage it was like I, I lost it where he said like I don't know what this shit is like it was referring to Pokemon but everyone who's who's grown up and, and playing with Pokemon cards is a complete Pookie. retard Pookie, Pookie man. <laughs> Pokemon cards <laughs> so good uh, and then there was the thing where they had like a, they had they had like a GCW doing like wombat theme pay-per-views it was like combat wombat or something like that but like Nick Gage didn't get it and like it, throughout the year they kept posting pictures of, pictures of uh, wombats on their Twitter and Nick was what I could only describe as being aggressively confused he was like, what the fuck what the fuck is this man and they um they they also had that um what was it Effie uh, did and it was on his big gay brunch show he had like a, a wrestler Razor Ramon hard gay or something was the name of the wrestler and uh <laughs> nick was like bro what the fuck that doesn't look like razor ramon and what is a hard gay yeah. <laughs> that's really good he was like yeah, and then he like followed up like effie messaged me man because i'm confused <laughs> he's i'm really confused <laughs> yeah like, oh he's just oh he's a love anyway you can see uh why we're all so excited to see nick fucking gage next week um, yeah, that brings us to our next order of business, which is... Less important shows. It's Less Important Shows. Um, we have to start with Slammiversary. Who watched Slammiversary? I did. Yes, here. Did you all watch it all the way through? Not here. No. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you the matches I watched. I watched, um... Can I? The Ultimate X Division. Oh, I'm um, so glad you watched Matt. that. I watched so that glad one. Watch that. I watched. Um, what ones did I watch? Let me just pull up the card. Give me two. Josh seconds. Women's match. Um, yes, I, yeah, I watched the women's, women's match. match. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Let me just give me two seconds. We'll just blah 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 blah. Um, yeah. So watch the Ultimate X Division um, Championship match. I watched the mixed tag team match with Matt Cardona. Um, I missed the Eddie Edwards and Morrissey uh, W Morrissey match because I just knew Morrissey uh, was going to win that. Could be off. Much. Yeah, I watched Finn Juice return. Um, just because I love Finn Juice. I missed Moose versus Saban. Um, which I kind of wish I didn't because I missed it because I assumed Moose won, but then he didn't. So no, it was a, it was a big upset. It was a good yeah. match. Yeah. Um, watch the fa- watch the Fatal Four Way. Uh, watch the women's match, and of course, watch the main event. Um, so I pretty much watched, I'd say, seventy five percent of it. Well, I even watched the pre-show match with Fire and Flavor versus um, God. Who are they against? It's Havoc, Havoc and, and Rosemary. Uh, and Rosemary, yeah, who were the new champions, which is all making sense now because I was wondering because they only put it on Fire and Flavor quite recently, and they've lost it now. But uh, all, all makes sense because um, Kiera Hogan has announced she has filmed her last Impact taping and is leaving Impact. Uh, to, to uh, in her way to see what else is out there so we could be seeing a show up in AEW she could be uh, WWE bound uh, we we shall see she announced it on her OnlyFans account which is something that we we can say now in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> that was that was where the news broke not uh, not some dirt sheet or not some uh, <laughs> but but uh, OnlyFans account so that's where she announced it um, and uh, how did yeah, she announce so- it on the OnlyFans account was she Dress, I, or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's a. She does a has a dirty OnlyFans. I think it might be a a bikini OnlyFans. Maybe. I was about to say. Uh, I feel sorry for OnlyFans because they genuinely created a site for like basically to be like Patreon, and girls just took over them. And Enzo, 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 no, no, Enzo. no, no. It was originally created for porn content, and oh, was it? <laughs> other people came in. Yes. Oh, no, I, thought, I, I remember just seeing the original where people were like selling artwork and stuff on it, and you can like all this kind of stuff. In yeah, I didn't think it was necessarily guy. straight specifically for porn. They were just for I don't know for extra benefits. Uh, Enzo Amore has ninety fans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, the silence is appropriate there. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's, no, he's not getting his knob out or anything. It's his. He does like workout um, things. I think he does like he does like workout instructions and shit. That's what it's meant to be for. <laughs> Stop using it and wank off. <laughs> you guys have to go and ruin things. <laughs> Kelly Kelly has an OnlyFans. You know Kelly Kelly. Your knowledge of who has an OnlyFans and who doesn't is extremely... <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> I don't. I can't think of any other wrestlers off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Jordan Grace, I think, has a Patreon where she, she uses that for dirty stuff, but like not fully dirty. It's, like, it's all like bikini stuff and that. So... Do you want yeah. to stop there, or do you want to keep on exposing? Yourself? No, no. I think I just think no. I just I think that's my 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 full extent of my knowledge of it. <laughs> oh. Um, where were we? Oh, it's anniversary. Um, yeah. So I don't know what that means for Tasha Steeles now. Um, whether she'll follow suit, or whether she'll stick around, or she might not be able to leave because of contractual obligations. But the uh, event itself, yeah, the uh, Ultimate X match, fantastic. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad you watched that in particular, Jack, because I knew you'd love it. Um, and uh, should we list the surprises? So the surprises were, uh, Slamverse always has big surprises. They advertise a lot of surprises. So um, there was Chelsea Green, which was probably the most obvious surprise of the night, joining Matt Cardona in his mixed tag match against Brian Myers and his ex-girlfriend, Tash- Tennille Dashwood. Um, that must have been a bit awkward. <laughs> um, 
There was uh, No Way Jose, although I think they're supposed to call him No Way and not No Way Jose, but um, Falabar kept calling him No Way Jose anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, he, he he to be honest, that was the only weak surprise. And I said this to Jack that it was it, and that that makes sense. And I don't really blame Impact for that one being kind of a, a, a weak surprise because uh, that wasn't originally scheduled. It was TJP got injured and they had to find a replacement for him. So they did well under the circumstances, I think. But if you remove that, I think all of the surprises were top tier shit. So the other one was uh, Thunder Rosa was um was oh god why have I forgotten her name virtuosa diana perazzo's uh mystery opponent and uh mickey james uh came out to challenge diana perazzo after the match for a match at empower the nwa event so there's a there's a uh, forbidden door event going on um separate from any AEW people uh and um the well the big big surprise am i missing anyone before the big surprise I feel like i'm missing ah finn juice um yes. coming back to challenge uh to uh fight two guys whose names i've forgotten <laughs> and uh was there any others or was that it and then the main one was um after the main event in which uh kenny omega retained his um impact world championship jay white uh king switch himself emerged to uh stare down kenny omega they um cut away from the action as uh, the good brothers and kenny tried to two sweet jay white um so uh we you know it was supposed to be like a cliffhanger ending but footage from the show uh, revealed that finn juice came out to beat down jay white because of shit they've got going on with him from new japan and that so uh, obviously they're in warring factions um and yeah I, I've, I've kind of forgotten what happened there i think did they start fighting with... I don't know if anyone else saw it. Did they start fighting with the Good Brothers? I remember uh, Jay White got the jump on, I want to say David Finley, uh, or it might have been Juice Robertson. One of the two anyway, and he hit um, hit the switch switchblade on him and then uh, and then got out of the ring and, and walked away. But yeah, um, I marked the fuck out for that. But I don't know. What what was... what was Talk, talk about Slammiversary, Jack, because I've, I've waffled. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we knew it was going to be big. I didn't think it'd be this big. I remember talking on the podcast probably a month or two ago, maybe even longer, saying, and I remember the name Jay White came out, and and we basically said if Jay White appears at like one of these shows, that's when you know shit's real. Yeah. And shit's now real. But know? he's he's the leader of the Bullet Club, confronting the leader of the elite, the offshoot group of the Bullet Club that obviously broke away. And because these guys got a history, if you recall. Kenny Omega invited Jay White to join the Bullet Club, and uh, Jay White refused. And um, am I getting this? Am I getting this finisher right? Is it called the Switchblade? This finisher? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know why I keep doubting myself on that because I do watch New Japan. But um, yeah, he hit he hit the Switchblade on uh, on on Kenny um, and refused. And then he joined Chaos, and obviously then he later did actually join the Bullet Club as its leader. But at the time he refused to join the Bullet Club, um, and that and that kind of footage of um, Kenny getting that hit on him was kind of used over and over in the kind of Bullet Club Civil War thing as part of Kenny's downfall, where he was kind of getting ostracized from the rest of the Bullet Club. And then he obviously had um, Kota Ibushi come and save him from Cody. And they had that reunion moment and then that short kind of Golden Lovers thing and then the match with the Young Bucks. So, you know, Jay White has been kind of a big kind of catalyst of... Uh, he's been a big part of the Kenny Omega story. So it's it's really interesting to see where they go with this. It is, and... And and let's not take away from the fact like that wasn't it. You know, the Thunder Rosa one equally 
well not as oh, yeah, big but out. you know that was a big moment as well and i just i think it was really good pay-per-view um you know set up some really cool stuff some lots of storylines created some you know prolonged some finished but yeah no overall really good but obviously the headline sealer jay white and it's just and as we said bound bound for glory in october i think it's 10th oh, october so excited. um it's gonna be we've it's going to be probably like same level but bigger than All In. That We've sort got, of so, vibe. I mean, I think All In's oh, oh All In. Sorry, I thought all, all, all In. All In. Yeah. All Out's going to be bigger, but no, um, no, that's what I mean. Like that kind this, of cross promotional show. I think it's yeah. going to be that, but on a bigger scale. And they've got a they they've already put um, it's going to be Las Vegas. And I know um, that AEW have done a show in Las Vegas, MGM Garden Arena. Is that it? Or is yeah, that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. Um, so they'll probably do it there, hopefully. Uh, they've got to do it at a big venue. I know. Yeah, just awesome. It's going to be cool. Well, think of the events we've got coming up. We've got um, Triple Mania with uh, Kenny Omega versus Andrade for Triple AR. We've got All Out. And then we've got um, we've got uh, Bound for Glory. So it's it's just good stuff right now. And, and GCW Homecoming, don't rule that out with... Uh, Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. That's going to be a good. That's going to be one to watch. I think Homecoming. They're going to make a bit. It is going to be a big show. So, um, God, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited. Uh, Patrick, anything to add before we close the show? Yeah, there was also a big comeback. Oh, there was money. Oh, there was, the weekend, there was money. Right? There was money in the bank. I just forgot. Yeah, there was money in the bank. The big one, we, didn't he? Yeah, the big one. Um, so yeah, the, squashed. Yeah, who got squashed? Kofi. Again. Yeah, Kofi got squashed. Poor but guy. On, on the good, the, the good things about it was uh, the uh, winners of the Money in the Bank matches were Big E and uh, what is her Nikki, name now? Nikki A S H. Nikki Ash. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but they pronounce it A S H. Yeah, yeah. Nikki Ash, which is yeah, really A-S-H. really awkward to pronounce. Which is completely weird, but Should yeah, and also market. like, yeah. Yeah, you think? Uh, I think it's it's nice. So she also like she cashed in and the night later on Raw already, and she's the, the next the next Raw, yeah, yeah, champion Sorry. now. And yeah, the big comeback was after Roman Reigns, uh, 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 yeah, finished off the Edge as well, and calls himself <laughs> the king of the, the the head of the table. Um, John Cena came back to a big you can't pop. See me, <laughs> but I think the pop wasn't that big. Everyone was like, "Oh, what the pop!" And yeah, just Michael Cole. If you watch that, Michael Cole just had an orgasm. Like, really, I think his pants were pretty <laughs> wet after that. But uh, it's it. The pop wasn't as big as I saw in as we saw in AEW for other things happening for Malachi Black or so. It it wasn't that same level. I think because everyone he, knew Cena was big, going back to yeah. WWE. Like he was, they knew it was going to be. Suit. At some so point, yeah. People also, people are expecting it. The Rock to come back for for WrestleMania. Yeah. Then, seen as seen as a big star, you know, like it is. It, I think I just think that people will pop out of surprise sometimes, rather than you know. I just i i don't i don't want to, i don't want this to become the trashing WWE pod. It's just i i just haven't ever rated the kind of four moves of Doom style. That's all of yeah. John Cena, but I can appreciate he's very he's a very charismatic guy. Do you know what I mean? So. You know, it was it was a it was a cool little return, I guess. You know but... what's cringe though? They called it um, the summer of Cena, leading up to Summerslam. <laughs> they, they know that's when oh, the main so event. So they've already be. they've already called it here before it's happened. Not yeah. like the summer of Punk, which so, the fans christened and uh, yeah, and summer and... of Cena. So it says here like um, WWE announces John Cena for fifteen dates, obviously leading up to Summerslam. So um yes yeah, summer of cena i just i just don't like when they try to artificially like do you remember when they had the match which was it was called the greatest wrestling match ever that that was the name of the event between between um 
or something like that between Randy Orton and and yeah, Edge. Yeah. And just and it was just so that when people Googled the greatest wrestling match ever, it would come up with that match. It was yeah. just it's so um cynical. Do you know what I mean? It's just so ugh like they just try to artificially you know, create, create things hype. rather than yeah. letting letting the crowd create hype. And when the crowd do create hype, they reject it. Like, one of the yeah. reasons CM Punk said he quit was because initially Daniel Bryan wasn't considered for the WrestleMania main event um, that he ended up going on a winning. He kind of forced his way in. And it's all well and good for them to turn around and say, oh, look, you got what you want in the end. But it's like, yeah, but we shouldn't have had to, like, beg you for so long and have a guy quit over it. Do you know what I mean? So. I yeah, know, that, that's silly. that's exactly the thing. Like, and also, it just the comeback of Cena is also nothing big. It's just like it's it's more like a yeah. In German, in German, we say we didn't have that category long a bankruptcy statement <laughs> because yeah. you don't have the big stars right now in your roster um, to create something. Like, yeah, I mean, you just we, have to I get mean, back to old guys, and then sorry, and then also Goldberg. And uh, Lesnar in the talks now again, and then like, ah, oh, this is what I'm thinking. And I was thinking this earlier. If you know, if Daniel Bryan and CM Punk sign for, I mean, and we're assuming that they are. Well, we know Daniel Bryan and sign, and we're assuming CM Punk's going to sign. They sign for AEW, and who's got the bigger roster? Like when you put them side to side, like there's AJ Styles for WWE. And then, like, we're, if we're not including part-timers like John Cena, they've got Roman Reigns, obviously, who's they've hyped up. And Roman Seth Reigns. Rollins. Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins. But Seth Rollins hasn't felt over for a while like he yeah. used to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's getting and a bit more over now. He's getting a bit of... So, okay, so if you include him, they've got Roman Reigns, they've got Seth Rollins, they've got... Um, yeah, they'll have John Cena now, but if John Cena you count as a part-timer, they've come back because they're in desperate straits. Uh, if you count, don't count Goldberg as, and Brock Lesnar as full-time guys... Whereas everyone else is going to be full-time guys in AEW. And it's like, you look at these two rosters, like I say, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Who else have you got? Like Cesaro, but he's only over with like the smarky crowd. And, Drew McIntyre. You know, like, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got they've got a fair roster, but it's it's not... It's not, it's not what it used to be. Well, no, WWE yeah. used to be known as they had the best roster in wrestling and it just frustrated people because they weren't using them properly. You know, they, they had the best roster and they just weren't they weren't utilizing it correctly and they weren't building new stars out of it when they had so much potential in their roster and now it it doesn't feel like you can definitively say they're the best roster anymore i mean they might still have it but like it's it it's, there's a conversation there now where they might not come up as having the best roster in wrestling you know and it's it's I, I, you know you'd be worried if you were them with with what seems to be developing yeah sure maybe maybe but also maybe they're they're not happy because uh, they are um yeah releasing so many so much talent not only talent but also backstage stuff to to minimize cost and so and then we talked about it also last week if they might say if vince might sell wwe even i don't know so it always seems to be a given people people always seem to have taken it as a given that he had just hand it down not even to his own children but to triple h and it's like why would he do that like it just always seems to be the narrative that's been in wrestling forever. It's like, oh, Vince, Vince will retire, or Vince will die, and he'll leave the company's Triple H. It's like, why would he leave it to someone who's not a blood relative for one? And why would he leave it? You know, it's a bit. He, he, why wouldn't he sell? You know, this is why has this never yeah. entered the conversation? Like, it's I don't know. People just seem to have seem to have taken it as that's definitely what's going to happen. It's like, well, how do you know that? Like, you've got no way of knowing that. So, I don't know. We'll see. But that just about brings us to the end of our show. 
It's just nice one, one little oh, thing okay. that just oh, came fuck in. Fuck you. Go on then. These are <laughs> <laughs> these are the numbers for last night for AEW. You did say we might get them during the show, didn't you? Yes, yes. So, so look it's, at you being vindicated. Of course. One point one four three million viewers. They Ooh, had. We like we love to see it. Yeah. That's that's another up. That's another like above one million mark. That's really good. Uh, they can hold that stable. Hopefully, also next week. I think next week there will be something. And now, when they are in the talks, that or like the the rumors spilled out there that Brian and uh, not Danielson. I just say Danielson. Brian Danielson now, not Daniel Bryan anymore. Brian Danielson and uh, CM Punk might come. This will maybe that's what what I was just thinking. Sorry for <laughs> breaking up this 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 whole thing once again before uh, closing the show. But um, are they maybe? on purpose spilling this if it's happening so people are tuning in every week to see if the people are really showing it up might, there it might be it <sighs> might be a it might be a compromise because um because like we mentioned before tnt have apparently said they don't like surprises on dynamite um they can do surprises at pay-per-views but they don't like surprises on dynamite which is weird because the andrade thing seemed to seem to um contradict that because that was a surprise but you know they apparently anyway if you, if you want to believe it they um have said they want uh they want aw to announce talent so that they get the viewers for the show um when someone's debuting however this might have been like a a compromise with them because they don't you don't want to how lame would it be to announce Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. I mean, for CM Punk, I think there's a, they don't even have to factor in TNT because I think what they do with CM Punk is they, it's obvious. They debut him all out in Chicago, you know, uh, pay, and they can do that because it's a pay-per-view. They don't have to announce it. That's, you know, but the Daniel Bryan stuff, maybe that leaked as a compromise because you don't want to announce Daniel Bryan's going to be there. That's lame. You know, you just want him to show up. You want him to do a, you want him to, him to do um. Uh, Malachi Black thing and so and, and Malachi Black was another they didn't announce so like maybe there wasn't much to that rumor that TNT or maybe TNT asked and they said we respect you but no we, we're going to keep doing this and you'll just see the numbers will go up because people will be tuning every week wondering what's going to happen but yeah they might have um they might have leaked it I don't know it's very hard to keep these things under wraps as well you know so you know but um yeah I do you think we'll see Daniel Bryan debut Brian Danielson sorry debut sometime before we'll all out then Ooh, that's hard to say, to say. Like I also wrote in the wrestling group earlier that it it would just make sense for them to let him debut maybe before Rampage or like announce his debut for Rampage or his first match for Rampage, just to get the numbers in. Um, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I, I, I would I would have him debut as a surprise on Dynamite, but then maybe have yeah. his first his first match announced for Rampage, and then people yeah, tune into this, Rampage. This will create kind of a big hype and buzz. And uh, otherwise, there was I also read that like Daniel Bryan mentions that New York it was always his favorite city to wrestle in because of the uh. crowd. That's also a thing. So these possibilities are like for me these three debut possibilities for the two guys are all out. Uh, before there's Rampage only, and there's only one possibility uh, for me show. for CM there's only one possibility for yeah of CM course Punk. yeah for me as well <laughs> and, they'd, and they'd better do it honestly I will I'll be so mad yeah I'll have a, pro I'll have a proper mark fit like of rage anyway, yeah I do, do like wasn't didn't used to be like a YouTuber that like used to like flip his table over wrestling uh, like there was there was oh there was like a YouTuber right and they filmed like um, 
his reaction to like a WrestleMania main event or something. And it was like Cena winning or something like that. And they just had him like flip the table and just run off and like smash up his wrestling room of like, oh, I'll have to find a video for you. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go fool that. It's like this really fat guy, um, which, you know, I'm already, already got that down. So I'll go do that if, uh, if CM Punk doesn't debut, if they waste his debut on uh, something that's not all out. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, that brings us to the end of our show. It's been nice to be all back together. Jack, how have you found it? It's Has been... it lived up to this hype you've built for yourself? Oh, of course, of course. I've missed you, boys. I've missed I you, missed boys. You Hopefully, the I'll hype be... is real. I've, I've let I've let the team down. I've I've not been here regularly, but hopefully, I could pick up form and going into all out. I'll be I'll be main eventing. You'll be main eventing. Okay. I'm well, you're yeah. not taking my spot, so. <laughs> and, I'd be surprised him. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, will, will I have both of you guys next week? Will it? Will it be the three of us again? Um, yeah. Let me check my calendar. Oh, fatal three-way. <laughs> don't, don't let the team down. Everyone, everyone tunes into your voice track. I know. To be fair, I'm the main event. <laughs> the whole effing show. The whole. No, you're the main attraction because you're the ginger of the show. Of course, of course. I'm the man. All right. Well, you can check your. Uh, I mean, I mean, I just looked at, at the moment. I'm free, so. Oh, I mean, there we go. Keep keep it so. Keep it right. So. Well, that's uh, goodbye and good night for us at WNK. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>